You know, Holman, I'm feeling pretty good about myself, if I must say so. Um, okay. I uh, I want to know why. <laughs> because I have... Oh, oh uh, wait, hold on. I know, I know. It's because you finished last week's episode. Uh, well, no, I couldn't get through it. Oh. <laughs> it was too long. Oh, man. I mean, it was like 21 hours or something. Ugh. That freaking show lasted forever. Did anyone make it all the way through? Uh, I've got some email on this topic we can, uh, we can read later. Okay, good. No, I was excited because I, um, I'm up to 83 subscribers on my YouTube channel. Uh, okay, well, what did you start with? I think I was at like 30 and some change. Okay, all right. I was at 11. And uh, Where I, are you at now? I re-engaged the app, right? Yeah. And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to upload some random videos from my phone, like uh-huh. I promised. Yeah. And I'm going to uh, look at my app. And uh, I went from 11 to 47. Oh, that's some good growth. And I kept getting like a bunch of like little notifications on my phone. Yeah. Like, so-and-so subscribed. So-and-so subscribed. And then- People were leaving funny messages, and like I, ha- I seen this on YouTube, and <laughs> just all sorts of. And I'm like, thank you. So that's nice. That's 47. very cool. I so mean, you know what I was. So what I was doing. I got to be honest. Before I on the way here, I was trying to plan out um, what I'm going to do. It's like how I was going to break the news that I'm quitting the show. And it's going to be YouTube I'm star. Full time. Oh my God, the money is rolling in. You kidding me? That AdSense if, money from Google. If I oh, knew, if I yeah, knew crazy. how easy it was going to get for you to quit the show, we would have yeah. done this years ago. <laughs> oh my God. I'm buying a G5 or whatever the big G is. Oh, yeah, Yeah. the the Gulfstream? Yeah, the Gulfstream. Oh, right, Made right there in Long Beach, California. That's crazy. I am rolling. I'm going to buy a Bentley. I'm going to be I'm I'm going to become a rapper. I'm definitely disappointed in you. Why is that? Well, because I looked at your YouTube page. Yeah. And you put effort into it because you made your subscribers visible finally. Uh, Uh, Yeah, yeah. I didn't realize that they weren't. How many did you have? I think they, I was in the 30s. No, how many do you have now? Oh, I don't know. 83? Uh, you have 82 now because I just unsubscribed <laughs> because you didn't add anything this week. The whole thing was we were going to add one random video a week for the rest of the year and see where our sh- our pages end up. Do you want it truly? I did. I add- put four. I put four videos up. I put. Hold on. I put one, two, three, four, five, six. No, not in total. What did you do this I, week? I put six videos up this week. They were all old, just oh, like yours. Okay. I put a, my. Yeah, uh, but mine are cool. You don't like my Roland Sands interview. I mean, he's cool. You don't like me in a in a Red Bull Global Rally Cross ride along? All right. How about Billy Bargain on mine? That was great. How about uh, Cummins Big Igor? Dude, I put up. Okay. How about the most epic twenty twenty L five P burnout ever done on camera? That's cool. Uh, a walkthrough of GMC's Magic Multi Pro tailgate. Yeah, I mean, that's cool, right? That is cool. All right. Well, I how I many, right, one, how, many, how many views did you have this week? That's what uh, that's that's what I want to know. Oh, views this week? Yeah. I need to go to my analytics. All right, look at your stats here. I'm pretty proud of, uh, if you go to the J. Tillis, uh, I think that's, he have to just search for me. Yeah, J. Tillis. T-I-L-L-E-S is the last name. Are you thinking people um, don't know how to spell your name? Yeah, I don't, I don't think they know. Maybe you should just change it to Lightning. I I think if you search Lightning, you might find me. I don't know. Maybe? I, I have no idea. All right. I put up a video that I haven't shown in, in a couple of years when I used to host the Baptism by Nitro event at the NHRA <laughs> uh-huh. where I would take you to the Christmas tree. Um, and I took a guy named Keith, uh, a couple months before he passed away of cancer. Oh, that's sort of sad. And it was a little, little, little sad, but he was almost in tears after, and it wasn't just the nitro burning through his nostrils. It's awesome seeing you have a touching moment. It was, it was pretty cool. He's, um. Like the Grinch's heart. I I almost feel like I need to play a little piece of it here. Hold on a second. Just to give you a little warm and fuzzy here. 
uh, just on a side note, Lightning, I, as a cancer survivor, this means a lot to me. That means a bucket list, uh, a, a wish, a dream. Uh, just to be fulfilled and get this opportunity. It's one of those things that I'll never forget and I'll take with me forever. And uh, I just want to pass my hat off to other cancer survivors and certainly our veterans this weekend too. Thank you. That's so, nice. Yeah, that was super cool. Like Unfortunately, he... Um he succumbed uh, to the cancer? He did succumb to cancer and passed away well, shortly after that. I, uh, I don't want to start the show out on a bummer note. <laughs> how about, but, how about but this? The video is pretty cool. Like if you actually, it's, not a, it's not a downer. Okay. All right. Can, can I, I don't know how you would search for our channels. You, can I Sean do, P. Holman and Jay Shillis. Just, just Sean Holman. Can, yeah. you, uh, can I do a shout out to Dalton Lundington? Dalton, you just made that name up. Lundington? Uh, Ludington. Ludington. Uh-huh. Sure. He is my newest subscriber. Just subscribed right now. Right now, right this yep. second. Yep. And how about uh, Yummy Muffin Gaming? <laughs> Love the little video. Keep it up and post more. Oh, nice. Um, and then here's my favorite one. It uh, was from uh, Enlightened One. Mm-hmm. And it says, watch because I felt bad for Holman. Not the most active channel here. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Oh, oh my gosh. Man. Well, listen, uh, we're not YouTube stars. Nope. <laughs> no, we're not even podcast not stars. Not even close. <laughs> we are not talented on audio or video. Nope. Nope. But we're going to try. We are going to try. Because we're bored. Well, no, we're not bored. I think we feel- Like I mean, the world is passing us by? Uh, yeah, a little bit. I mean, okay. you've got all these young guys and even old guys on YouTube making a killing, and here we are, you know, slaving away behind this hot microphone. Uh, hey, did I tell you about uh, a little news? I had some Nissan news? Some frontier news? No. You have frontier news oh, finally? Oh, yeah. Are you going to share it now or later? No, no, no. We'll do it later in What's New in Trucks, but it's 2020 frontier news. Oh, really? Yes. I'm very excited and about I, that. And I would love to tell you more, but I can't yet. The embargo actually will occur during the show. And oh, really? <laughs> what? Embargo. I can't believe we're starting the show off with an embargo. <laughs> no, we're this is awful. No, that's wrong. We're starting the show off with Nissan. Oh, yes. So if you want to go check out the uh, 2020 Nissan Titan, should be hitting dealerships like now. It's on NissanUSA.com right now. You can order one. Oh, see, there you, you go. Walk it dealer, out. Five year, 100,000 mile warranty, zero yep. gravity seats, mm-hmm. Fender audio system, that badass big nine inch. Don't screen. blow right past the Fender audio system. That's pretty it nice. It is so crisp and clear. How about that nine square feet of glass panoramic sunroof over your head? I, you know what? That actually trumps the Fender audio system for me. Does I it really? love that pano roof. Yeah. It is it's huge. When I was driving from Nashville to Mississippi last week, we had the the screen open and it was just uh, just Perfect. sunlight filling the uh, the cab. It was wonderful. Yeah, so open and airy, yet quiet and serene. NissanUSA.com. <laughs> got you got the new title. Just letting that soak in. Yeah, I appreciate that. Okay, uh, let's see it. what else we got. Oh, our friends at Decked. Got to thank them. We cannot do a show without talking about Texas ball bearings and one of the <laughs> best cargo storage <laughs> solutions you will ever find for your truck or van. Why Texas ball bearings? Because they they found a, a vendor and in <laughs> they Texas. Happen to be in Texas. And they they happen to be in Texas because we were like way back episodes ago. Like Swiss. Hey, yeah, where'd you get your Japanese? Bearings? Yeah, and nope, nope, Texas, Texas. Yep. Who knew Texas was the epicenter for ball bearings in twenty twenty? I am. Um, I'm telling you. So uh, deck.com and then also our new friends at Innova who make some badass OBD two diagnostic tools. And not only are these tools great, but they work. With with your phone, either iOS or Android. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Are you saying that if the check engine light comes on on my truck and I have no clue what caused it, is it a vacuum leak? Is it an ABS issue? I can use an Innova tool to tell me? 
Not only that, but they have a community where it lists other people who've had the same problem with verified fixes. So you can look on your phone, figure out what's worked in the past, go get your car fixed. How about Innova.com? You can check it out for yourself. Bunch of good videos, a bunch of good resources on there. And uh, on that note, let's start the show. And on that note, start the show! And on that note, start the show. <laughs> the Truck Show. We're going to show you what we know. We're going to answer what the truck. Because truck rides with The Truck Show. We have the lifted. We have the lowered and everything in between. We'll talk about trucks that run on diesel and the ones that run on gasoline. The truck. Show, the Truck Show, the Truck Show, oh, oh. It's the Truck Show with your hosts, Lightning and Holman. Holman, I'm just warning you that we have an awesome show. That I I feel like someone tipped over the giggle box. I cannot oh, stop no. laughing. I don't know what, what it happened. Is. Were you huffing? I know. <laughs> <laughs> no? No, I'm not even joking. I feel super goofy. I slept uh, an hour last night. That seems weird. It is just uh, the dog was barking. My wife was talking in her sleep. Did you feel like and when you woke up, it was like Groundhog Day? Uh, no, I didn't. Oh, that was my lead into my next story I was oh, going to tell it? you about. Gotcha. So I'm going to ask you again. Okay. Hey, when uh, when you woke up, did you feel like Groundhog Day? Sure. Still nothing? <laughs> no, nothing. Hey, did, I was just going to bring up the uh, Jeep Gladiator commercial on the Super Bowl. I don't know if you saw it. No, I didn't see it. Oh, it was Do awesome. you know that I didn't even watch the freaking Super Bowl? Because you're editing an eight-hour show? Yes. Good man. I'm telling you guys, you don't believe me for one second. I saw none of the Super Bowl, which I really wanted to see, and I yeah. really wanted to watch all the commercials. Yeah. I was freaking editing this show. Uh, the Hummer commercial, sort of Well, we had lame. already seen the clips. Yeah. It yeah. Was, uh, the Jeep commercial I hadn't seen. It was funny. It was Bill Murray reprising his role from Groundhog Day. One of my favorite movies By of the all way, time. By the way, Super Bowl this year on Groundhog Day, so that was the tie-in. Okay. He wakes up, and he's like, oh, no. So the characters from the movie are like, hey, it's me. Oh, God, right? And he, he goes over and over again, and then he looks up, and one day it's a pumpkin orange gladiator. He goes, oh, that's different. So he takes the, the groundhog, goes out in the Jeep, and then every day in these successive days takes the Jeep out, and one day he's you know driving down the road. The next day the top and doors are off, and he's in the snow, and he pulls by like this, this guy out in the woods, and he goes, you're going to freeze. He's like, who cares, right? <laughs> and so the whole thing was you know no, no day is the same in a gladiator. Gotcha. Great commercial. So if you haven't seen it, check it out. I think it's at uh, Jeep.com or, or on their Instagram. I'm sure it's on YouTube. But here's what's cool. So I was talking to my friends over at Jeep, and they said that Bill Murray did not have a script, did not have an entourage, and had one request to do that. They shot it in three days. He ad-libbed the entire, the entire commercial. Guess what his one request was? Uh, you know, normally, you've dealt with celebrities. Sure, all the time. There's always you, a writer. A writer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, like uh, Diddy always wants red roses and white curtains 360 degrees around his room. Yeah. Uh, I would say he wanted all green M&Ms, which is a common nope. one. Nope. No. He wanted, oh, uh, a Diet Coke. Nope. Is it? Does it have to do with food or beverage or is it the vehicle? None of the above. Oh, jeez. He asked to stay at a Holiday Inn Express. That's, that's a joke. No, it's not. That's how down to earth that guy is. And if and I will pass this on to our listeners because I really, if you're ever a Bill Murray fan, you have to watch this documentary. I think you can get it on um, Netflix. You can get it on Amazon Prime. It's called the Bill Murray Stories. 
Life Lessons Learned from a Mythical Man. And it's a documentary. It's about an hour and 10 minutes long about the myth of Bill Murray now, you know, sort of post-acting, really, like he's just enjoying life. How he goes around and he shows up at people's weddings. He shows up at sure. frat parties. Yeah. He pops up in places with randos, buys them beer, parties with them, takes all the selfies, and then disappears, never to be heard from again. Like Irish goodbyes, everybody. And that's like his shtick now. Like he just wanders the city <laughs> and hangs out with people. That's and so great. there's this documentary on, on Netflix. And again, the Bill Murray story is Life Lessons Learned from a Mythical Man. Watch it. It'll change your life because it's just rad. You, it gives you the insight of like the celebrity who should be in like a gilded tower with a car service. And he's like, yeah, I'm just going to hang out with these random people I want. <laughs> I've, I met. We're going to drink. Frat party. And we're going to party all night. Yeah. It's awesome. So anyway, there's my Bill Murray story. Oh, you know what? That's a new segment. Bill Murray story of the year. <laughs> no, now we don't have to no. have another one until next year. No, no, no. no okay. We don't need Bill Murray stories. We we love him, but we don't need Bill anyway. Murray so stories. you could go watch the uh, the Gladiator ad. It was pretty funny. I'm not a huge car fan, but I thought Hyundai actually hit one out of the park. They had one that had uh, native New Englanders Chris Evans, John Krasinski, and Rachel Drack. Uh, you'll remember John from The Office, Rachel from Saturday Night Live, and, and Captain they, America, and Captain America, and they do this whole deal about the new Hyundai Sonata being able to park itself, but they're in their Boston accents, and it's hilarious. Yeah, I think it's my packets. <laughs> and it's just, it's that was one of the funny ones. I thought that was pretty cool. And then the Jason Momoa, where he had, like, little twig arms. Was, I don't know if you saw that one. No, I, I told you I didn't oh, watch yeah, it. Oh, yeah, Rocket Mortgage. Jason Momoa comes home, and he starts taking off his arms and stuff. He's got, like, little baby twig arms. He's not, you know, it, that was pretty funny. As I was editing the show, I went to adage.com that always puts up the commercials yeah. in advance. Yeah. At least they once they can get their, their hands on. And so I watched a couple of the commercials knowing I wasn't going to be able to see the uh, Super Bowl. Yeah, I didn't think yep. the commercials were all that great. Game was good. Wouldn't know. <laughs> Wouldn't know. What I would know is that this show is going to be good because we're going we to start better off, than we started off already. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's the but, suckage needle is pinned right and now. And now we're going to get back to being good. Yeah. How? Well, uh, What's your plan? We're going to talk to Andrew Stoffer. Oh, Andrew Stoffer. He is now, an S in an S and S. That's correct. S and S Diesel Motorsport. If you've ever wondered about injectors and why you need them and why they're so expensive and why S and S has a quality product. This is the guy who can explain it. All right, well, uh, let's give him a call. Yeah, go ahead and dial. Push that green button right there on your phone. Andrew. Andrew, it's Lightning and Holman, Truck Show Podcast. How you doing? What's happening? Oh, not bad. How are you guys doing? We're doing fantastic. Hey, before we jump in, we need your opinion on something. We've got to play an intro. Do you like blues or metal? Oh, man, I like both. ZZ Topper like speed metal. Let's go. Let's go over some blues. Get Ooh, some blues. Metal. All right, that's all my right. Favorite. Here we go. Yeah. You're the innovator motorator. You're the innovator motorator. You're the innovator motorator. Make new stuff and it's really, really cool. See, because Andrew, you are the innovator motorator. This uh, that's what this segment is anyway. All right, welcome to it. So, so Andrew, you are the uh, one of the co-founders of SNS Diesel Motorsport in uh, Brownstown, Indiana, and mm-hmm. one of the things I wanted to uh, discuss with you. This is lightning, and is that injectors are scary stuff to the guys that don't know anything about them. 
and you happen to be an expert, so I'm excited to uh, make it a little less scary. Well, I'm excited because if you look at Andrew's history, he didn't just decide like one day to pull an injector out of his uh, diesel truck and then like drill holes in it and go, all right, I got I got it figured it out, 800 over. Uh, he actually has a long, <laughs> illustrious history in the diesel industry on the OE and the Tier 1 aftermarket uh, supplier side before... He got into this side of the business, which correct. is super cool. Give you, uh, give us a little bit of history there, Andrew. You were at Bosch, correct? Yeah, yeah. Uh, my history, rough, quick history would be, um, actually, when I was in college, I co-opted at Bosch as a diesel fuel system, I guess, pre-engineer. I graduated from, from Kettering University in Michigan and started full-time at Bosch in the component development side, uh, primarily working on pumps and rails at that point in time. After two years of doing component work, I switched to the application group with uh, GM. So still at Bosch, but working with GM specifically. I was the fuel system lead for the LML and the LMK program that actually didn't make it to production. But uh, but basically, I did anything calibration related. Wait, hold on. Fuel You're burying yeah. the headline. LMK. Tell us more about this. Now, why don't we know oh, about the LMK? Yeah. Everybody uh, knows about the was... LML. Yeah, the LMK, that was the four and a half liter V8. It was a oh, yeah. degree V, I believe. That it was, was the a, one a v. that was yeah. supposed to fit in the same spot as any small block oh, gas engine. And they were. It was it, a beautiful engine. It was beautiful slated engine. for the Hummer H2, the Hummer mm -hmm. H2T. They even yep. talked about it putting it in the uh, Impala. And uh, mm -hmm. it was also talked about. Uh, being in the SUVs and everything like that, but yeah, all the the test vehicles I draw, all drove were the uh, the half ton pickup trucks and a couple of the H twos. But so, why did it not make it? Uh, that would have been around the time that the economy was yeah was about bankruptcy down. time. Yeah. Hey, yep, yep. So that's and the transmissions at the time I believe were only four or five speed, and it didn't get quite the fuel economy that they were hoping it would get. I I'm not sure on that. Um, but I know that it was a whole lot of fun to drive. <laughs> and hence the reason it didn't get good fuel economy. But I wonder how many guys... <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> how many guys, Andrew, got a chance to drive that sucker? Not many. Not a whole lot, no. Uh, pretty much calibration engineers and maybe some of the, the chassis guys. But, yeah. God, how much money did they spend just to shelve it? Oh, oh man, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. More than you made in the last yeah. 20 years. Yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> that's damn sure. Just a kidding. Yeah. <laughs> So, Andrew, right. are, are you at this point, are you... Wait, hold on. We have to go back to him. We stopped him at LMK, oh. so we got to get the rest of his history. <laughs> well, but I, No, no, no. I, but I want to get his history, and this is part of it. Right. Now, are you following um, just where you... Are you following like a uh, the bumpers of life where you're banging off the left and the right, and you're just kind of going where people are guiding you? It's or are, kinda, you, are yeah. you in like a dream? Are you going, I want to be in common rail injection and motorsport, et cetera? How's it working? Yeah, for he him? came out I of the womb what, and he goes, was, "If only I could be in common rail no, injection." Like, if he's really into like you know quarter mile trucks, that type of thing, maybe he's like, "This is what I want to do." It it started out as um, when I was in the fuel system group, I was I was really shy, honestly, and I was scared to deal with anybody except my immediate superiors, and I wanted nothing to do with the customer. Like I tried to stay away from GM, all that stuff. I was scared of that. After two years, I'm like, that could be kind of fun. And so I, I, you know, started with the, the calibration team, and it was a blast. Had an absolute blast. I wasn't looking to change, honestly. I was happy with what I was doing. I had a, you know, my LBZ Duramax with a maybe a development ECU that I played with on the side. You know, <laughs> maybe air quotes, <laughs> air quotes. Yeah, it was off yeah, only. Yeah. Exactly. And uh, but then one of the other guys I worked with, 
he sent me a job link or a listing inside of Bosch to the, the motorsport group, you know, a diesel position there. I'm like, well, that sounds like a whole lot of fun. <clears throat> and, uh, yeah, interviewed for that. And they basically said, we don't have any diesel business yet, but we want to build it and we think you should do it. So, oh man. Yeah. That's so a I lot of weight on your shoulder. That seems like and, uh, oh, yeah. a lot of responsibility. So yeah, it started there. We had, uh, one sort of customer, you know, they, they did enough volume to kind of justify me being there, but it wasn't really racing. It was more like, um, I don't know, an aftermarket project, I guess. Can you say so, what it was? Mm, I can't, oh, unfortunately. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, yeah. I would, I would love to share, but I can't. Mm. Okay. <laughs> but uh, the majority of what, what I was doing then was actually um, kind of development engine stuff. We had a lot of opposed piston engines along with the performance side of diesel. So it was using, I kind of guess, taking production parts and modifying them for non-standard use is what I would, would have been doing there, plus engine calibration, kind of a combination of everything I had done so far, but going further onto the modification side of injectors. You know, we were having nozzles made with different size spray holes, you know, all spraying off one side of the nozzle instead of a normal symmetrical pattern, working on changing the opening rate, how fast it opened, how fast it closed, all, all sorts of just little, little things to, to play with to learn to change the combustion. And being so. in calibration, so Andrew, you're there through the coding of the ECU, through going through all the general soup to nuts, basically, is where I'm going. I don't know how to write the coding of the software, but I know how to use the tools to make it do what I want it to do. So when it comes to the ones and zeros and the bits and the bytes, that's that's beyond me. Which is but opposite of lightning. Me, say what? <laughs> that's the opposite well, of lightning. I, lightning knows oh, how to yeah. use the tool to get so far away from baseline, he can't find his way back home. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and when you're talking about bits and bytes, I'm talking about the burger stand down the street. That's <laughs> yeah. what I'm yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's not a bad place to be either. Yep. If, if, if the uh, the fuel chart, it's, uh, this corner of it's really red, what do I do there? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That depends. What do the numbers say? <laughs> so you're at GM now, right? And then how, where do you go from there? Because I heard that you at, at one point ended up at Cummins. I was at, at Bosch, technically hired by Bosch the whole time. So working for Bosch with the GM program, working for Bosch in the motorsport group. Uh, four years in the motorsport group, I was, I was ready to slow down a bit, to be completely honest. I was kind of burned out on it. And uh, so I found another job inside of Bosch, but it was at Cummins. It was, I was the resident engineer is what they called me. So I was basically the punching bag between Cummins and uh, <laughs> Bosch, Bosch and Haline in Austria. So it was all, all large engine. It was 19 through 95 liter engines. And I was the, the fuel system guy for Cummins and for Haline, kind of the, the intermediary there. Wait, wait, say those numbers again. The engine size 19, is... nine, 19 liters through 95 liters. <laughs> through 95. So my uh, amount yeah. of Dr. Pepper consumption last week was between those two numbers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just little, little engines, nothing too big. Oh, my God. Okay. Now, when you said the punching bag between Cummins and Bosch, mm -hmm. are the Germans as notoriously hard to work with as, as, they, as we think they are? Like... Yes, absolutely. And uh, and Cummins is also hard to work with. So, you know, the two combined is just a, a great combination. But they had to have each other, right? Because if who else are you going to go to for injection other than Bosch at that time? 
Cummins actually has their own fuel system line, which is a pretty it's a pretty solid uh, pretty solid product from what I've seen. So they've they've had ups and downs in their fuel system line, but their current common rail system is is pretty uh, pretty solid. Was that before or after you? When I was hired on as resident engineer, part of me getting that job <clears throat> was coming and signing the contract with Bosch for them to be the supplier for the 19 through 95 liter for the tier four program. So before that, they were it was kind of a, a dual path with Bosch and with the Cummins fuel system to decide which one they thought would be the better fit for the tier four program. Now over there at Cummins, are you dealing with guys building race engines for trucks and stuff or where you I'm just curious if that's in your purview or or were you an enthusiast who found yourself on the inside saying I know how to get more out of this and these guys aren't doing yeah. the house when I was when I was working at Bosch Motorsport in the motorsport group I worked a lot with um, with Shide and and with Exergy Shide was kind of the ones I worked with primarily in the racing and then Exergy uh, specifically Greg Spoolstra, who was my original business partner when we started all this. Oh, so is that the, the second S, the S and the S? That is the other S, yeah. Got it, Mr. okay. Mr. Spoolstra. Is, uh, I was the big S and he was the little S, or if you're down south, I was the big ass and he was the little ass. <laughs> so. <laughs> and so you're you're dealing with those guys consulting them, or what's your – I'm trying to I figure was... out how ultimately you made the jump – over to okay. hardcore motorsports. The, how I made the jump to actually start this business, it was when I moved down to, to work at Cummins. Now, that would have been in July of 12, 2012. Shide Extravaganza happened end of September, or no, end of August, early September of 2012. And Greg Spoolstra, for, then at Exergy, comes up to me and he goes, Andrew, he said, I know you're not done with this race and stuff. He said, let's start a business. He said, I'm not happy with how things are going at Exergy. You know, they're not running it the way I think it should be going. So let's just start a business and get going on this. So that was, it was, I don't know, a month or two after that is when the LLC was founded. And uh, it all started from there. Technically, I was a silent partner for the first two years because I was still working for Bosch. But I was doing all the ECU side, all the engine cal side and, you know, working with specking of the fuel system. So is that the then, uh, the first S or the second S that was silent? <laughs> uh, yeah, well, <laughs> it would have been the first S that was silent, I guess. But What was your business plan? Meaning going into this, you're like, we, we're going to supply injection fuel pumps for who and for what, and how are we going to make a living? Like, what's the idea behind it? The original business plan, which has drastically changed since then, was 90% of uh, street use. Um, that's, you know, that's pretty well gone now. And then 10% high end performance more for entertainment and marketing. So we were, you know, we, the business at that point in time was mostly street use performance. Somebody that wants 800 or a thousand horsepower and go blow the tires off as they're heading to get groceries. And then, uh, you know, big performance for, you know, out there pulling and for entertainment for us to, you know, have fun because, the standard thousand horsepower stuff is easy. Anybody can do that. But the big performance is where the challenge is at and what we were really looking to get into. Well, I guess uh, we're we're going to have to, you know, get to the carb topic or the emissions topic mm-hmm. at some point. We don't have to do it yeah. here. We should circle back to that in a minute. Well, you're talking mm-hmm. about huge horsepower. I understand that you are dealing with a Canadian 
race organization that goes yeah. uphill with tractor trailers? Explain oh, yeah. what's happening That's, there. That is actually one of my favorite projects. Anybody in the semi-racing up in Quebec? Semi-racing. Semi-racing, yeah. Love it. Yeah. We, uh, we currently have the top two guys in Canada, and then hopefully the top four or five as this year progresses, but we'll see how everybody goes. It actually started when I was still at Bosch Motorsport, and I got a call from a guy up in Canada, and uh, he said he wanted to do a common rail on his Caterpillar engine, and he wanted you know 3,000 horsepower and wondered if I could do it. And I'm like, I like Yes, I think I can do that. <laughs> so, I'm not, sure, I'm why not? not? I'm not going to say no to try. Yeah, I'm, up, exactly. I'm up for the challenge. Because right? worst case yeah. scenario, you don't do it, but you got to have experience with that thing. That sounds awesome. Exactly. It, it worked out quite well. Uh, he, and that was, uh, the truck I ended up going in was uh, Sylvain Noel. He's uh, he's willing to let people know about us now. So, And he, he cleaned house for quite a few years. What kind of he torque was, does something like that make? We we don't know. We've never, <laughs> we've never we've never ran it in the dyno to peak torque. I have seen over seven thousand foot pounds of torque <laughs> on, on those engines, though. You just so, watch the asphalt curl up like a ribbon behind oh, it as they man. take off. Yeah, they they pull the front tires in the air. Does it you know, actually uh, slow the rotation of the Earth when uh, when they does that? I think I think it probably does. <laughs> um, if you guys ever ever have an opportunity to go to one of the races. Uh, you should absolutely do it, and I can probably get you a ride. I was going to say, uh, I was not aware of these races, and uh, now I'm trying to figure out in my mind how do we get to do this. Search, search. Uh, just go to YouTube and search for Sylvain Noel or search for Koga, C-O-G-A. Uh, both those guys are they're they're amazing. Ah, yes, uh, here we go. Can you hook us up if we were to take a plane ride up there? And what, you say Quebec? Yeah. Yep. If we were to go up there, you could you could get us a ride. Yeah, that would yeah, be worth sure. it, dude. Holman, oh, I'll, I'll totally do that. Um, yeah, I would. My I kids would are going to. My kids are dying it. to go to Canada. Can we play the audio of just this clip sure. really quick? Yeah, let me hand this to you. Hold on one second. Because I I just I found it on YouTube, and it's just two tractor trailers, uh, Noel versus Koga. Oh uh, man, yeah, it'll and, be a good one. Yeah, and it's it's short, but I think you get the gist of it. <laughs> By, by the way, can I point out in that clip, that was a semi-truck racing a Mustang and winning. No oh, way! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's also one racing a uh, Corvette Z06 and winning. <laughs> uh, there's quite quite a few of them. Oh, out yeah, there. I'll be spending some time on uh, this YouTube account. Why do we, uh, why do we are, have that south of the Canadian border? We need that do. here in America. They, they do. Where? There, there is <laughs> where? a race that Mike Sturgill puts on in Onaway, Michigan. And it is, as far as I know, it's the only race like that in the U.S. All right, well, that's awesome. We're getting ripped yeah. off out here on the West Coast. Yeah. Oh, man, yeah. We're getting You're cheated. not just a kidding. That semi-drag racing is the most amazing event I've ever been to. <laughs> so awesome. Of all the diesel events I've been to. So you launch this sucker. Uh, you launch SNS Diesel Motorsport, and mm -hmm. you're, you're pretty much killing it right out of the box. I explain to us what the go-to part was for you, meaning... Why were guys reaching out to you as opposed to just buying oversized injectors or whatever thing from other suppliers? Like how how did you carve the niche? Really technology. Technology is our specialty. I mean, my whole career had been in common rail diesel fuel system, 
Greg's whole career had been in diesel fuel systems, uh, more unit injectors, but also common rail. And so between the two of us, that's where all of our knowledge was at, was in diesel fuel systems and injections. And so that's where we needed to focus. And we knew what we needed to have the best product. The com- competition has improved since then, but uh, it's still not not near to where we're at. But it was, it was absolutely dismal back then. Uh, people would be honing nozzles and they wouldn't even flow check them afterwards. They just, you know, pump some putty through and hope for the best, slap them on and go. Or uh, there were people that would, you know, they couldn't EDM small enough holes when oversizing nozzles. So they would just do every other hole instead of doing all, you know, all the holes in the nozzle. And then what happens with contamination? Because I remember when I was at Diesel Power Magazine and people were doing, you know, larger injector nozzles, there were issues on the, uh, you know, in the 2000s, basically, where people would uh, uh, get the injectors from the company that enlarged the holes and there'd be contamination and then they would cause engine issues. And that was sort of a big mm. deal for a while. Yeah, and that's still an issue today, really. And uh, and actually, uh, another issue that is more prevalent today are the, the high-pressure connectors and the 5.9s and 6.7s. There's knockoff ones of those where they have, you know, little little burrs hanging in the ends that'll oh. come out and get stuck in the, the Z orifice, which is one of the control valve orifices. And then your injector, commonly known as hanging open, doesn't really hang open, but the end of injection is extended way out, so it overfuels drastically. So and I was, that's I was fascinated. Pistons and everything. Because uh, I just got back from uh, Cummins and I toured the six seven factory and okay, yeah. watching how the injectors come in on pallets, it's like 24 mm-hmm. to a pallet, and how the technicians, the the plastic, the covering, the protective caps, everything that goes into it prior to them sticking it on the engine for the first time, it's mm-hmm. amazing how how careful they have to be. And there's even uh, like charts uh, along in the assembly line that reminds you what a bad injector looks like or what bad practices and how it could lead yeah. to an engine quality issue. I don't think most people have even ever held an injector in their hand or know what it looks like. I just don't think, you know, you go into your dealership and you're like, there's something wrong with my truck. Can you take a look? Oh, Mm -hmm. you got number three injectors bad or blah. And you're like, oh, and they go, yeah, it's 1200 bucks. You go, what? (laughs) And you're like, I don't know. How's that even possible? The whole, the the truck is like an LBZ. It's only worth, you know, seven grand or whatever. You're like, this is even, so why is it so expensive? And can you walk us through like the common issues that guys are having and how should they treat them? Like what, at what point? Like little babies. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. uh, At what point should they Microfiber cloths that don't have any lint (laughs) and. <laughs> uh, that's, that's in a clean a room. Point if your injectors are out, um, I mean, just from a very uh, the beginning, change your fuel filters and have a good water separator. Uh, don't buy fuel from a store that's known to have issues. Uh, farm tanks. Make sure if you're using fuel from a farm tank, make sure it doesn't have water in it. Uh, water is one of the biggest problems that we see. And if not water, then it would be just contamination that gets through a filter. So you don't know this, uh, Andrew, but I built a show truck for SEMA, went there a couple of years, and when I got back from the second year I was cruising, I went to a crappy gas station after it had rained, and the mm-hmm. rain runoff apparently went into the diesel tank underground. Mm. I, pumped, I pumped it into my 55-gallon, 65-gallon uh, Titan tank, mm-hmm. and was on the way to an appearance and it started, I got a check engine light and oh, it was no. throw, throwing codes and I immediately called Gail, Gail Banks. 
And he yeah, says, he yeah. says, pull over, don't drive it. And I said, you sure? I got, I'm 20 minutes, I'm late. I got it. He's like, don't freaking drive it. Flatbed mm-hmm. it over here later. So yeah. I did that. I did my appearance and flatbedded it back to Banks. I get it over there and we pull the injectors and we pull the fuel pump, the lines. It There's algae and rust. <laughs> the entire tank is full of algae. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had to pull the tank down, no, scrub no, no, no. it. That's called biofuel. <laughs> biofuel. That's, that sounds like bio and water. Yeah. yeah, dude, it was awful. So everything was destroyed. Luckily, Gail had a a, a set there. I was able to buy off him very, very cheap. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, he gave them to me. He felt so bad. Uh, it w- I, I, I couldn't have afforded them. They're very expensive. I mean, you're talking four yeah. to $600 so per injector mm-hmm. times eight. What's the reason that water is so bad? Is it because of corrosion? Is it because water doesn't compress in the nozzles? And, and it, is, it is strictly a corrosion thing. Okay. And it's a corrosion thing with metal steel components that have very, very tight tolerances. Any small amount of corrosion will prevent things from moving as they should and have your injector... Either open too slow, stay open too long, be erratic in behavior, it just a whole slew of issues. Sounds so. like this podcast. Maybe we need <laughs> less water. Slow, erratic, yeah. all full of issues. Yeah. No tight tolerances. Yeah. I think we need you to record a jingle for us. Slow. Yeah. So what do people need to do? If I go into a dealership and the guy's like, you've got two injectors that are bad, do I just fork over the cash? Assuming I'm out of warranty. Or mm-hmm. at what point do I call SNS? Well, we work through our dealer network. We do not sell direct to the end customer. So um, if you're at the dealership, you're going to be better off calling up one of our dealers. It's definitely going to be a better price for you and for potentially better service. It and do you have a direct replacement stock? So, so let's say somebody's truck is stock and it's not modified at all and they don't need you know anything over. Do you offer a direct replacement? We... We cannot, per contract with Bosch, sell a stock injector. So five over, <laughs> five, five over. Yep, pretty much. Is that we, true? We okay. Built, we yes, that is true. We so built that's five percent over, just, correct? Yeah. Okay. We, yes, we build them to be just out uh, outside of the factory tolerance to the point where you can put them in a stock vehicle and not have any concerns or issues. But we are legally, uh, uh, you know, fulfilling our obligation because all of your injectors are Bosch injectors. Right, yes. and you can't compete mm-hmm. with that the, right. the mothership. We can't we can't compete with the OE with the OE uh, branch of Bosch. So we are basically a performance um, like a performance OE purchaser from them. You guys essentially so everything that we buy has to be modified. You guys essentially take the 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 factory OE base injector that you would have in a stock truck, and then what mm-hmm. is your process for modifying them all the way from the five percent on up to what your biggest uh, jump is for the five percent. I'm not going to tell you too much. <laughs> for the next size, for the next size up. If we're doing say like a thirty percent or a forty-five percent, somebody that wants you know they don't want to have to do a calibration change. Well, it depends on what vehicle you're in. Again, uh, some re- would require it, some wouldn't, but they just want you know a little little more pep. Uh, that would be we would hone the nozzles to be oversized, and then we would reassemble um, to the proper needle lift based on what the nozzle flow is going to be in the new nozzle. So that'd be the smaller stuff. And then, you know, flow check after that to make sure you have a balanced set on the, the, the product that we're doing higher volume on. We'll build multiple sets at a time, and they're, they all stay within our kind of our global spec. 
but we'll set we'll sort them out into individual sets that'll have really really tight tolerances on the individual sets then um for bigger injectors once you get it depends on the size nozzle flow rate of around 3,000 cc's per minute or 1,500 cc's per 30 seconds, the uh, the injectors start opening more sluggish. They're they're not opening as quick as you want them to. So then we start doing modifications in the top end of the injector to basically change the pressure balance to get them to open faster. If it's something for, I guess I don't really want to say street use, but for performance where you're really concerned about drivability, smooth drivability, quiet operation. Uh, we would aim to have the same opening rate as the stock injector. That way you can still run a pilot injection. You can still have a small pilot injection, very controllable, very mild mannered. But then if it's an injector for, say, you want to be spinning your engine 6,000, 7,000 RPMs, we need to get the injector to open much faster. Um, And so we'll sacrifice pilot quantity capability in an effort to give us a faster opening of the needle, faster opening of the injector so we can have a shorter injection duration to get the fuel in so we can get better combustion. I mean, that's just way over my head. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. No, it's fascinating because I think uh, to a lot of people, especially if you aren't a, a, a diesel guy, mm-hmm. you know, diesel injectors are such a different game, right? You have a bunch of yeah. different kinds. You have solenoid, you have piezo, you've got you know indirect. I mean, there's just so many mm-hmm. different things over time and and the way that you know, what are you running at 25,000 28,000 psi now something like that on the new um, engines i'm i'm running up to 35,000 wow, on gosh. our on our performance ones that's incredible so so i mean the yeah, level of precision that has to be into a diesel injector in order to make it do the things you want to do but also live reliably especially mm-hmm. in a street application where it's going through all sorts of rpm swings and really has to come oh, to the yeah. low end as well as the mm-hmm. high end and not just a race application where it's wide open throttle and then you're done. So, I mean, there's right. the precision, the control, you're talking about pilot injections. And, you know, some of these engines are doing, what, up to seven injections per combustion cycle, something like that? Yeah, not anything that I have personally worked on. I've been I've worked on things up to five. Okay. But I know that there, there are seven, seven, even eight on some of the, uh, some of the newer vehicles. That, I mean, it's just unbelievable. You think about... How fast your engine is is churning over with RPM? Mm-hmm. How fast oh, yeah. that piston is coming up, and how fast fuel has to be squirted in in time for it to you know do the combustion process. And during that time, there's five to eight injection oh, cycles yeah. happening every single time yeah. that one cylinder does its thing. It's insane. I mean, it's mm-hmm. unbelievable. A couple milliseconds. Yeah, pretty much. You Jeez. know, you can have an injection event that's as short as say. 150 180 microseconds um <laughs> your your main injection at full load your main injection is going to be between like 1300 and 1800 microseconds so 1.3 to 1.8 milliseconds about one point pretty short three, amount of time 1.3 milliseconds that's even faster mm-hmm. than lightning yeah it that's, is. That's, that's your that's your big injection <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> okay so you were kind of dancing around quote-unquote street use where yeah. where are you today? Where's SNS in the whole diesel gate? Right, you know, it came we, down with Corey, made the big splash uh, earlier mm-hmm. this year. Well, even before and, that, which with H and S and a bunch of other, oh people, yeah, Bully Dog. It's been happening yeah. for a long time, but it's really, been, I think, but, but we all have to admit that Corey kind of 
lit the fuse, right? Well, well, well no. He, I, I mean, he, he alerted he yeah. alerted the world that the fuse had been lit. <laughs> there you okay, go. Gotcha. And then also the stuff with Diesel Brothers, right? I mean, there's a bunch of yeah. stuff that sort of in the last couple of years, it all started, I'd say, four or five years ago with the slow mm-hmm. burn. And now yeah. it's getting pretty fast with the dynamite, it's right? It's cranking. It's yeah. cranking, yeah. So our business has changed quite a bit from the beginning till now. Uh, now we have quite a few carb, you know, EO the products in our portfolio, uh, the bypass kit for the six, seven forwards to basically change fuel flow paths so that you're not sending contaminated fuel to your injectors when the CP four fails. Now the CP three conversion for the LML, which is also, you know, has a carb EO on it, drop in replacement. And basically you don't have to worry about your pump failing at that point in time. Um, the CP four is, developed kind of a bad reputation it's it's earned it i'd say mostly honestly it's it's great for me not real good for bosch but great for me. <laughs> so the, the sack zero for the lb7 uh, so the lb7 the old duramax you know the fifty thousand miles they start hazing really bad now primarily started with ultra low sulfur diesel you know the lubrication is different than the new fuel now so we developed a nozzle with bosch that were the only ones that can buy it from Bosch and uh, put that on the, the LB7 injector. We have uh, Carbio for that, and it solves the problem of, you know, premature failure. And then we're working on a few more carb products right now. You know, the current one that's closest to being released would be for the, the new Dodge Ram. It also has a CP4, so we have a CP3 conversion for it that's direct nice. bolt-on, and we're getting the Carbio for it. It's not complete That's going to be popular. So, Very cool, yeah. And, well, the best thing about that is that that directly plays into competition stuff as well because the CP4 on that engine is ran 50% faster than crank speed. So say we have a you know 12-millimeter CP3 that we can make 1,200 horse on an engine with normally. We're now spinning it 50% faster. We can make, not exactly, but close to 50% more power on the same pump on the same engine with a single pump. So I think that that 2019 front cover on that, on the Cummins is going to become the new popular front cover for a lot of racing applications. Oh, interesting. Oh, wow. And then the fact that you can, you know, put a CP three on, it's even it just sweetens exactly. the deal. Exactly. So then yeah. you get, yeah. Cause the CP four is not a very large pump to start with. And even it's a whole pallet of those at Cummins that too. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. I, I looked at yeah. it and I went, I'm, you know why CP4? You know, and then yeah. you look at it and you go, if I if I had a tray of twenty four of these things, would anybody mm-hmm. care? Yeah, <laughs> you know if I no, if I put all these really. in my pocket <laughs> and then went to eBay, would anybody care? Probably not. Yeah. Now are the, those... the injectors, the injectors are good. The pump side, don't really care <laughs> but the problem them. is I was only able to sneak out three of those. So <laughs> oh, only three. Oh man. <laughs> oh, but are, those, are those injectors in your pants? Yeah, or, uh, I'm, happy yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm happy to see Andrew here on the podcast. Exactly. <laughs> What, so, can, what can you do for my injector, sir? What what is uh, are those um, the pumps? Are they are they remands? Are they brand new as well? What's that story? We do only new pumps at okay. this point in time. As long as we can buy new pumps from Bosch, that's what we're going to get. Uh, and the reason for that is when they first started their remand program of the CP3s, there was there were a lot of issues, um, a lot of housing crack issues, body crack issues, and to avoid any of that with our modified pumps, because we're you know, we take the stock pump and then we're pushing it way further than it's what, it, what it's intended to be. So we didn't want to start with something that already had potential issues. 
So we only start with new pumps. So how long will that supply be available? Is the CP3 is still in production uh, for other vehicles, industrial applications, anything like that? Or at some point, I, will they move on to CP4s and 5s? I don't believe that they are in production, at least nothing U.S.-based. Okay. Uh, the Cummins was the last one that had a CP3, and with the 19 Ram, they switched over to CP4 on it. The industrial Cummins have been CP4s for a while. Yeah, there's rumors of uh, of Bosch working on another CP3, but I don't know if that's really going to happen or if it's just rumors. I wonder if they would license out the manufacturing to somebody, small scale or something like that, to, to I, keep that supply alive. I tell you what, I don't think I'd want to be responsible for the manufacturing of it. That oh, pump is is just too complicated. It's simple, it's simple in concept. But if you've ever taken one of those pumps apart and you look at all the bores and the cross drillings and the housing, it is like Swiss cheese. And the the housing is harder than woodpecker lips. So <laughs> to, to machine that and deburr that and this the precision required, I, I don't think I'd want to be responsible for it. <laughs> huh. Interesting. All right, they've gone the way of the dodo. That's what uh, I'm hearing. <laughs> so so what's yeah. next for SNS? What's on the radar? Obviously, we talked about the the uh, California emissions carb stuff, but Mm -hmm. where do you see the company going in today's uh, diesel environment? We're working, um, we have quite a few higher end drag racing projects we're working on this year. Currently the high pressure fuel systems are what we're focusing on in the racing side. So it'd be that the 2200 bar systems or what would that be like 32 ish thousand PSI systems. That we're pushing up, you know, pushing up higher than that by quite a bit. So we've been working with them for a long time, but now is the push. The push is to get more of them out there to utilize the high pressure because a lot of combustion recipes really benefit from high pressure, higher pressure injection. I want to hear a story about you running into a, a guy who put put your injectors in a racing application or street application. Like the whole project went sideways, but it wasn't your fault. It was the tuner because there's so many crappy tuners out there that mm-hmm. think that think they know what's up and oh, you're man. making a really great product but mm-hmm. it's like it's only as good as what the programming is behind it yeah it's you're like, you know exactly what I mean? correct it's, it's like yes. putting a pair of running shoes on home and i and we're like it's a yep. waste of money like <laughs> well i mean how, 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 dare, how dare you <laughs> <laughs> it depends am i running toward bourbon a cigar or barbecue <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah that's fine then. yeah i guess a- if i'm running toward the steak shack <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. There have been a variety of things like that. Um, I guess a couple of years ago, when we started becoming a lot more aggressive on the, the uh, modifications at the top end of the injector to make it open faster, we found out that opening faster made more power. So we were going pretty aggressive on that. And we had a lot of people that could not make uh, the engines idle smooth. Like, just wouldn't happen. We put the same injectors in, you know, an engine that we had our ECU on, and it, it purred like a kitten. We're like, what's, you know, why can't you figure this out? But it, it really came down to, with the factory ECU, not a couple things, not knowing what knobs to turn and not having them not having the right data to, uh, to do it. So it wasn't all on the tuner. A lot of it was because I just didn't give them the information that they actually needed to make it happen. You know, data I had, but didn't share with so them. So you sent them out with, with uh, running shoes with no laces on. 
Is yeah, that what happened? basically. Yeah, <laughs> essentially. <laughs> it ran right what out of the shoes. Why are you on this yeah. running shoe uh, I, no. analogy? I, I'm, yeah. feeling, I'm feeling really fat, and I feel like what? I need exercise. <laughs> <laughs> this is the last time you ran anywhere but to the kitchen. <laughs> that's, that's the only place you should be running. Exactly. I was just curious because, you know, we talk to tuners every once in a while on the show, and we know a bunch of guys, and, mm-hmm. and every guy thinks he's the best tuner. And then you, oh, talk, yeah. and then you talk to uh, one guy, and he's like, dude, you don't want anything that guy does. And they, they yeah. talk a lot of smack online oh yeah and you go i just i wonder what it's because you're making the parts and if Mm -hmm. this guy does a crappy tune it makes your parts look bad and you're like bro i made a wonderful injector and you Mm -hmm. just can't program for it yep a big part of it is having with the injector having the right energizing time map to go with it um, do you even we'll inject your bro? Com- <laughs> <laughs> What'd you just say? Do you even I inject your bro? Oh, jeez. <laughs> the worst t shirt slogan ever. <laughs> uh, I was just perusing the uh, SNS Diesel Motorsport No S. Funny how mm-hmm. they have two S's in their name and not one but damn S at the end of Motorsport. We used them, we used them all up in the beginning. <laughs> we couldn't fit there. So if you want to check them out, it's ssdiesel.com. And on. Uh, Facebook and Instagram, it's at SS Fueled. But you guys have a pretty great website. Um, tons of information, your FAQs, products are easy to find, and you've got a, uh, a full text section, both with tech, uh, technical info as well as videos, which is pretty cool. So, Andrew, should we be calling you or should we be calling our local diesel shop when we call, need your services? Call, it depends on what you were looking to do. If you're looking for injectors for your daily driver or for, you know, a milder performance race truck, then call one of our dealers. If you're if you are building the biggest, baddest, whatever it is that is common rail diesel, and I don't care if it's, you know, a lawnmower that's a single cylinder <laughs> or if it's some um, thirty liter V twelve, I really don't care. Can you have a single if, cylinder if, that's a common rail? Not yet, but I, I really want to do. I really want to do a, a V twin for a Harley. That would I really be cool. want to do a common rail V twin. That would but be cool. Someday, someday when I get old and retire, you one know? day you're just going to be the old guy who tinkers in his garage and makes cool widgets that nobody will ever mm-hmm. see because you're like, I did it for me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> this is a, I gave the world thirty years of my life. This one's for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm inspired. You're uh, you're showing that uh, uh, entrepreneurialism pays off. Um, oh, it's the best best move ever. So why don't we I do this? Say. I, I want to ask you. You were in a great job, probably getting paid great, great benefits. You were mm-hmm. the third party supplier embedded in all these great companies, so you didn't have to work for them. You just worked with them while you stayed with your mm-hmm. own company. You were mm-hmm. uh, respected in the industry. You had the knowledge base, and then you decided, I'm out. I'm gonna bounce. I'm gonna say that's it. And then I'm guessing by your success at SNS that it was the right move. What would you tell mm-hmm. uh, young entrepreneurs today who are at that crossroads right now, and they maybe have an opportunity, but they have the safety of a paycheck and benefits and house payment that's coming, and but there's a great opportunity that they may it may work out if they jump. Well, what would you say to somebody like that? If you have a good business plan and you think that it could succeed. It most likely will succeed, and you should absolutely do it. Just jump for it. Go for it. And uh, the best thing you can do to build the business, from what I've seen, is with uh, actually like Facebook and Instagram. 
honestly, the social media is is really where it's at for advertising and, and building the business. I hear podcasts are pretty good too, but that that, that might just yeah, be me. They they probably are. I bet they are. Podcast number one. Yeah, number one. Yes. <laughs> Andrew, did you have any naysayers? And if so, were you like Meh, showed you? Um, if if I did, I didn't listen to them. <laughs> good man. I, I had I had a few people that were concerned, but not not enough to slow me down. So because there are a lot of people that are you know they'll they'll stop you and go, are you sure? Because you know. You got a bright future working for this company. It's yeah. stable. You got your weekends off. Blah, your blah, your blah. wife and kids like to eat. Yeah, <laughs> you know? exactly. Yeah, you would keep feeding them every day of the week. You know. Well, it's 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 awesome to hear the success story. I know SNS is one of those really really well thought of and respected companies in the diesel aftermarket, and sort of hearing your story and stuff is pretty cool. Glad to hear that. It's uh, it's been a fun ride. It's been a real fun ride. Well, congrats on the success. And uh, you guys go to ssdiesel.com for more info. Or at ssfueled on Instagram and Facebook. And Andrew, can we uh, can we have you back on when you get some of your uh, your new products and carb stuff done? Absolutely. Absolutely. Anytime. We'd love to love to keep in touch, uh, especially if we get to uh, ride in one of them Canadian uh, semi-sleds. Oh, yeah. That's, that's yeah. got to happen. Let me know when you guys are heading up there. <laughs> that's seriously got to happen. Like, no joke. All right. You sit. That's, you should. You sit on the back. And I'll sit in the cab. <laughs> no, hell no. <laughs> Could you imagine, like, if you had a skateboard behind it, like we used to do as kids? Like a rope tied to the back <laughs> axle? <laughs> they'll, they're hitting 90 miles an hour when they're bobtail. Oh, I ain't doing that. <laughs> oh, wow. 90. 90. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my God. You know, Honestly. the thing is, that thing has so much mass. You just, it probably just feels like you're going 180 by the time you're at the end of my, that thing. Uh, the, the first time I got to ride in one of those, we had, my wife and I had gone up to Quebec. Actually, it was a, a work trip slash uh, anniversary trip that we went up there for. <laughs> I'm and, sure she uh, appreciated that. Yeah, oh, right. we're going to really semi races. Yep, yep. Like we'll just hang out here for a couple of days and we'll do something. I'm, I swear. But I was down at the staging lines, and uh, we were actually with Koga, uh, who we were up there with at that point in time. And uh, Noel pulls up and he sees me and he waves me into the truck, and they were racing bobtail, and it was him versus Koga. So I get up in the truck, and uh, and Koga, his son, wasn't real happy with me. He called me a name, you know, something pretty bad <laughs> in French, I'm sure. But uh, we uh, we took off, we launched, and we're heading up the hill. And it's it's like, it's a skinny road. It's in town, heading uphill in town, like city streets with two semis. And we were absolutely flying. And uh, Sonar 5 or 6 rod came out of the oh! engine in Noel's truck. And all I all I feel, I hear the bang, and the truck shakes, and then I feel the back of the truck start swinging around. Oh and I'm, we're, no! We're gonna hit. We're gonna hit the barricade. We're gonna hit. Uh, you know, Koga, we're hit. We're hitting something. Like I'm dying. I'm just gonna die here. But, but it's a cool way to die. Let's be honest. It was. It was a pretty cool way. Yeah. <laughs> but his, but his wife's there, and his wife's gotta watch it. Oh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> but we made it. We coasted up to the top of the hill, and there was just a puddle of oil running out from underneath it, and. Yeah, we were the guys that got to clean up after. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Well, if you go to their uh, Instagram page, I'm looking right now, uh, scrolling down. These are the types of things that you'll see. You'll see some absolute like industrial jewelry, some beautiful machine parts. You'll see some CP3 conversions, all sorts of stuff. But if you go down far enough, you'll see a long nose Pete that has so much torque, the uh, driver's front wheel at launch is about 18 inches off the ground. 
Oh, I've seen some of those photos. Oh, yeah, I've seen that actual photo. Isn't that awesome? That is, yeah, that's awesome. The thing has got to be at, uh, listing at like a 20-degree angle to the passenger I side. I think that's like 18 inches off the ground right there. Yeah, that's yeah, a lot of twists. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I didn't even know the frames will allow them to twist like that. Well, when you have 7,000 pound feet of torque. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can't believe they don't break like the frames don't. That's crazy. It is crazy. All right. That's on the bucket list. We're doing that. All right, bucket list. Add it. Put and it on the agenda. We're going to call you, Andrew, when we go up there. That sounds good. Let All me right. know when it happens. All right, brother. Awesome. Thanks, Thanks for your time, man. Us. Talk to you guys later. All, All right. right. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Turns out that Mr. Stoffer is smart. And he kept laughing at our jokes. I don't know if he was uh, just being nice or what. <laughs> he but... was definitely humoring us because <laughs> we are not funny. He was sort of like, ha, 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 lightning and Holman. Oh, you good chaps. Ha, ha. Nah, he's, he's a good dude, though. Nah, he's a good dude. I want to just go uh, Peterbilt racing with him, though. That sounds that awesome. That is, uh, yes, only yes. Um, I know that uh, this might be early for this segment, but let's start by you reading that email right there. Before we play the intro? Just read that email right there. All right. This is from Matthew McLean. Dancing is the subject line. <laughs> you email, yeah. I email, do it. We email, that's right. Everybody emails, type it up. You email, proofread. I email, send wow, it. Can we, we email, click it. Can we do the Everybody actual emails. One? I just felt like dancing. <laughs> <laughs> Me Have too. Have a good one, Matt from uh, Birmingham is where he's from. All so. right, well, why don't you uh, play that jingle so we can dance as well? You email, yeah. I email, do it. We email, that's right. Everybody email, type it up. You email, proofread. I email, send it. We email, click it. Everybody email. This should go on YouTube. I don't think it's interesting. This should go on Boomerang. Now, boomerang, it could be good. <laughs> Just you bobbing your head? Yeah, yeah. People go, that's weird. Yeah, it is weird. All right, I uh, got one here from Seth Anderson. I have no email. You have a whole pile right Where? here. I oh. just left it for well, you. I didn't know this was my pile right here. All right. Okay. Got one here from Seth Anderson, as I was saying. Uh, it says, bonus content. Hello, light bars and Whole Foods. <laughs> light bars. <laughs> After Holman's saga of food last week. Why are week, you Whole Foods? Because that's all saga of food okay, last week. Okay, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in. Yeah, yeah. It sounded like he had the entire contents of a grocery store in his belly. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he did. That's actually true. But I was just letting y'all know, I did finish the whole episode. Love the show. And that's Seth from St. Louis, Missouri. Thank you, Seth. Ah, nice. I made it to the end. <laughs> We're sorry, says Rich Holdaway. Made it to the end in five stars. Five star review. Five stars. Oh, I like this one right here. It's uh, entitled, Yes, I Did. <laughs> and it's from Ronnie Children. Something about 26 minutes left on the podcast after you played the outro said, I should keep listening. Oh, no. Does this mean I won the TSP t-shirt? <laughs> nope. <laughs> and good job on making a podcast so long that I couldn't download it until I had Wi-Fi. <laughs> Do more of that. Ronnie, and he says, P.S. Holman, it was good to finally meet you at SHOT Show. And yeah, Ronnie- uh, Do more of that, he said. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, was, it was great meeting him and his wife, and i uh, glad we got a chance to hook up and meet some uh, a, a You hooked person. up with his wife? In person. Oh, I see. Okay, got it. You got. You realize that didn't make it any better, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. You got to try harder is the uh, subject line from Wes Van Pelt. Got to try harder than that to lose this before the end. Oh, by the way, I will take the over on your bet. Always five stars, Wes. Five star review. Five stars. All right, I got uh, one here from Max. Says, uh, looking forward to 107. So this was, uh, this was a few weeks ago. Okay. 
Jance, with 107 hitting the speakers tomorrow, I threw it back to number seven. Okay, okay, maybe I'm just that far behind. While driving my 2019 Tahoe through Idaho and Montana yesterday, it was so cool to hear Tim Herrick talk about the invention of the Tahoe over 25 years ago while driving my third one through the mountains. I don't think there's a better all-around vehicle out there. That said, I'm very interested in the 2020 Super Duty with the Tremor package and 7.3-liter gas motor. You hinted at upcoming discussions in episode 106, and I'm excited to hear your thoughts now that the embargo is lifted. My biggest question is about real fuel economy numbers for the big gasser, as I don't tow off enough to justify the diesel. Am I too hopeful to look for 15 mile per gallon at decent highway speeds? Love the show, the industry gurus you continue to bring on, and the insights gained from listening, the lightning home and camaraderie, and banter keep it fun, even as these episodes crest two hours in length. It's my <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. it's my go-to podcast when I'm cruising around. My girlfriend now Three catches hours. me singing the theme song. All the best. That's Max Schultz, and I think, Max, you will enjoy this particular episode and also uh, 107 if uh, you haven't heard it yet because we talked Tremor on that one. Yeah, we did. Five stars, says Dan B. in the subject line. Hello, Holman and Lightning. I've been catching up on your show for the last couple of weeks, and I have a question for you. Would you rather have just one expensive vehicle, or would you rather have a handful of cheaper vehicles? I think the prices of trucks and Jeeps are getting a little bit ridiculous. I just have different vehicles for different things. I did a 2000 XJ, and I also have a 1995 YJ for off-roading and cruising around. I also have a 1979 F-150 as a work plow truck. And finally, I have a 1990 um, GMC G20 camper van for long trips. Nice. It might seem a little bit extreme, but I managed to get all of these and keep them maintained on the road for less than a new base model Jeep. Ooh. Anyway, keep up the great show and send one yeah, buddy, my way. Yeah, buddy. And that's from Dan. I got this one from Cody Johnson. says, my SUV is a truck. Yeah. Oh, what nice. Is it? Good. Oh, wait, what? He says, uh, hi, Lightning and Holman. The show's great. My three-year-old daughter and I both love the jingles. I've been listening to the current episodes for the past three months and finally started listening from the beginning. After listening to Freiburger's second episode where you guys talk about what is or isn't a truck, I found myself conflicted. My Ooh. first 4x4 was a 97 S10 Blazer that I would call a truck. Let me explain myself. I truly believe that SUVs in the 2010 and earlier, most were based on pickup truck chassis, and so the difference between an SUV and a truck is a box, of course. And so my argument was pickup truck has a box. SUVs are just trucks with camper shells that you can't take off and has an interior. So my little S10 Blazer, based on the S10 pickup, full frame, 4x4, and engine set correctly, its bones is a truck, but it's not a pickup. Maybe I'm just totally wrong, and today my argument is pretty invalid because of the weird crossover SUV mutations that are going on. Anyway, I hope this isn't too lengthy, and I'll try and fix most spelling errors. Keep mattering those parameters. Master, monitor, key, engine, parameters. And five stars. Five star review. Five stars. From our uh, friend Cody. And uh, Cody, I would say that your S10 was a truck, but not a pickup truck. And that's, <laughs> and that's how we'll leave that for now. <laughs> that's uh, you were very gentle with hey, him. Thank you. Yeah. Well, he's a, he's a, he's going back to the beginning. We got to keep great. him. All right. This one's from uh, Jeffrey Parker Brown. Millennial work ethic? Question <laughs> mark. Lighting and Holman. Lighting may be calling out millennials' work, but at least I'll be able to design a better diff cover. Wouldn't want him to call out everybody who might offend him. Love you guys, Jeff. Doesn't he, he know that's your jam? Yeah. <laughs> you basically it, call it out everybody that offends you? It is my jam. And he's uh, got a picture of his textbook here, uh, Fundamentals of Fluid Dynamics. <laughs> so he's going to school and he's going to outschool the both of us. Uh, he's going to have to outschool Mr. Gail Banks, not me. 
So uh, good luck with that, Jeff. All right, got one here that uh, says episode 99 with a bunch of exclamations from Marshall Montano. It says, new listener. I've been binge listening Thank to you. podcast over the last couple of weeks. I've been meaning to write an email. Then after listening to 99, you guys got me all fired up. You guys said something along the lines of, their computer nerds are not truck people at Tesla. Ha, ha, ha. Joke's on you. I work for Tesla. Anyway, love the show. Five stars. Whoa. <laughs> five stars. Nice. He says, uh, I, we got to give him a five star, yeah, right? Yeah, that was weak. I can do that. Sure. Right. Hold on. Five star review. Five stars. He says, here's my 2006 Dodge Ram 2500 4x4 quad cap short bed Cummins full Carly Dominator kit. By the way, it's flying through the air about uh, two feet off the ground. Advanced fiberglass all the way around. Custom dual tire carrier fabricated by yours truly. Pre-runner bumpers, just did a 7,800-mile road trip around the country over 31 days, seeing this great country of ours with my six-month-old daughter. So, uh, Marshall, um, how dare you for working with the enemy? I wonder what he does at Tesla. I bet he uh, clocks out every day and then gets in his big old Dodge Ram pickup truck and smiles on his way home. I think you're right. Hey, real quick, before we move on, thank you guys for sending in your email, as always. And if you haven't, we'd love to hear from you. Truckshowpodcast at gmail.com. That's truckshowpodcast at gmail.com. Send us a note. Holman, if you were my friend, you would dial up Jason Gonderman of Truck Trend. Well, that's super weird because I'm not your friend and I'm still going to call him. (laughs) Hello? Is this Mr. Jason Gonderman? It's Lightning at Home and Truck Show Podcast. What's up, dude? It is. Good to talk to you guys. How you do? I think we have a truck review. Truck review. Yeah. Rolling colon dragon truck nuts. Were you dragging truck nuts? That's what I want to know, <laughs> Mr. Gonderman. Uh, thankfully, no. No, there was none of that. None of that going on. I was hoping the answer would be yes and chrome. <laughs> you, but you use the same joke every time we play this. Well, then how about gold-plated? There we go. That's better. Gold-plated? How about, no, brass. <gasps> how about, Ooh, uh, brass. Uh, no, what would the, the chicks put the little beads on them? What are they called? Um, easy? Bedazzled. No, bedazzled. Bedazzled. <laughs> I never know where you're going when <laughs> you say things sexual. like that. That was not at all. Was I'm never... just saying I know you, and that could have gone one of two ways. Why did Jason know bedazzled? <laughs> uh, because he has uh, a daughter. Oh, okay. And a wife. That would explain it. Who wears denim bedazzled jackets. All right, let's talk trucks instead of bedazzling. <laughs> all right, so finally, the freaking uh, uh, embargo has lifted. Ah, embargo. On the Ford Super Duty, and uh, Jason Gonderman and I had a chance to drive the trucks for uh, Pickup Truck of the Year back uh, in October with some pre-production trucks, mm-hmm. but then Jason recently went to uh, drive the trucks on a media drive, and so we figured we'd check in with you so you could tell us all about the uh, the Ford badassery these days. Jason, what is your official title there at Truck Trend? Uh, my title is Editor of Truck Trend. Okay, Editor, Top Dog. Right, yeah. which is why we have him on the show. Okay, but I just I know he's from <laughs> Truck Trend. I didn't know if he, okay, fine, let's go. What'd you think of the truck? <laughs> In your professional uh, the tru- opinion, <laughs> the trucks are fantastic. All right, thanks they're, for calling. Know. All right, <laughs> good to see you later. Yeah, it. no, no, that's it. That's all we needed. <laughs> Ford's done a, a fantastic job with this refresh. Mostly geared around the drivetrains, and that's what matters in the heavy duty truck world. And they just knocked it out of the park. Yeah, they already had a pretty uh, pretty good interior. And the 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 Aluma duties, as they're known, uh, are already a, a pretty stout platform, and body styling wise, still pretty fresh. Although I do like the new upgrades to, uh, especially the Tremor. Was that a Lariat that we had on our test? It was. It was. Love a, that grill. A, a lariat Tremor. Oh, 
Yeah, I love the Tremor too. You know what they? Uh, I looked under the hood of one of them, and uh, they changed the in, the air intake. Uh, they didn't uh, in the last one. If you wanted to upgrade your air intake, you had to move the uh, the battery, which sucked. So now they're keeping the battery towards the firewall and the air intake towards the front grill. I noticed that they have done more than just a couple of changes under the hood. So it wasn't just a refresh. Well, this is what we call a mid-cycle refresh. So okay. yeah, so with the the platform is the same, the body is the same, but there's a lot of under hood, underbody changes, such as the drivetrain. So my personal favorite is the new 10-speed automatic, which is absolutely fantastic. I know you think, oh my God, 10 speeds, it must hunt. I, I feel like that thing has been so well dialed in, it was never in the wrong gear. And it's both behind the new 7.3 overhead valve, big block, <laughs> right? Uh, gas motor, as well as the 6.7 power stroke. And it's great behind either one of those engines. And Jason, you concur? I do, yeah. The new Torque Shift 10 speed is it's a great transmission. It's really one of the things that makes that truck shifts great it's super smooth and it's always in the right gear for the job it's doing where were you when you were trying this thing out uh they had us just outside of phoenix arizona so there was a nice big grade that we were able to tow up and lots of good windy roads and open spaces to drive on and then they let us take the trimmers out on a gnarly off-road course in a quarry oh really and i I saw pictures from that and the quarry is actually like pretty decent off-roading you know normally it's they make these courses for the lowest common denominator of journalist <laughs> and us off-roading truck guys get a little bit bored but it looked like it was a pretty good course yeah fort spent months out there with pre-production trucks designing this course to make sure it was right on the ragged edge of what the trimmer could do and they started it off with this hundred yard long rock crawl that an hd truck shouldn't have been doing and it just got better from there who doesn't so, love that? Now, when you say they're right on the uh, the edge of what the, the vehicle can do, what is that edge? Like, what is that is the HD not capable of, in your opinion? Well, in this regard, we're uh, crawling over boulders, not quite the size of Volkswagens, but let's call them half of Volkswagen, which is pretty big for a 2500, 250 truck. It did it with no problem at all. Any of the journalists mess any of them up? Uh, not on the with the group that I was with. But oh, I hear a butt coming. There might have been some body damage from uh, another wave. I mean, well, it, does, they made the, it does happen. They made things really tight, and, you know, things happen. Were you going through, like, ravines and stuff? So you're talking about mirror damage or the lower rocker panels? Uh, rocker panels and bumpers. After the rock crawl, they had us go up steep hills and then back down and through ravines and around ditches. And the truck has the best-in-class water fording, so we're doing 30-plus inches of water. And 33 is uh, where the airbox is at 30, now? 33. Yeah. And then we t- we've talked about the tremor over the last few episodes of the fact that bigger shocks, it has terrain response, has limited slip front uh, differentials, 35 inch tires. Uh, it's it you can get a winch now from the factory. It's scary close to being a power wagon competitor if it isn't there already. The only thing the power wagon has is a front locker and sway bar disconnect. But the nice thing about the Tremor, it's an overlay package. So you can have a King Ranch Tremor, you can have a Platinum Tremor, hmm. you can have a Lariat Tremor, which we had on our test. And yep. what's bitching is gas or diesel. Yeah, that's awesome. How many? Yeah, the only, the only yeah. place to take a Tremor is in a, the base model XL or the very high end limited. Do you think that the customers, is that, that sounds like it might be difficult messaging to get across to the customers that they Why? can have a Tremor in anything? No, it's your off road package. They're going to be like, I want the luxury. But give me the big tires and the locker and all the other stuff, too. Okay. Full yeah, it's just like picking the FX4 package. It's just better. Yeah, better. Okay. Better. 
So I'm going to see if I can play this video here. So audio for those listening at home. But I took a video of my phone from uh, when we were on our test. And so I've already played on the show the Tremor wide open throttle. Mm-hmm. And we lusted over the, the beautiful noises. Here is the same thing, but this is the diesel truck. Okay. There's 90. That's quiet. Very quiet. So that took it all the way to about 96 miles an hour. And from recording, you can barely hear it. I mean, it's just unbelievable how smooth and how quiet that engine is. Um, But, you know, Jason and I were talking about what's amazing about the truck is the fact that when you're driving the Tremor, it feels like it's it's a proper truck. You sit up high, it rides great, commanding view of the road, actually handles pretty good, it's luxurious on the inside. And has a freaking 7.3 liter gas engine. And we were kind of giggling a little bit like, I can't even believe they make this truck. That 7.3 gas V8 is probably my favorite upgrade for the 2020 trucks. 1,050 pound-feet of torque from the power stroke is cool and all. But that burly big block V8 just sounds amazing and drives fantastic. Yeah, it's it's a tough choice. I actually had some uh, listeners email me about it and said, do you think I would be happy with the, with the 7.3? I've been interested in this truck. I thought I would want diesel, but now I'm looking at the 7.3, and I'm like, yep. Yes. If, if you're good with the fuel economy, which obviously isn't stellar, but we definitely got over 10 miles per gallon, if you don't care about that, you will love that truck, and you will sit there, and you, you'll be uh, you know, in amazement that they even build it. I don't know. On our of the year, what did we get uh, fuel economy-wise on the Tremor throughout the trip? Uh, over the whole course of the 1,000-mile test, we averaged right at 13 miles per gallon. So that's so open bad. highway. Yeah. Open highway, you could do a little better. Towing heavy, you're going to do a little worse. But really, it's going to be right in that 12 to 14 range. Yeah, I bet. I bet on all highway in favorable conditions, you're 15, maybe touching 16 in that truck. Yeah, I believe that. And even towing with that engine is not bad. They let us hitch up to a 10,000 pound trailer with it, and you could tell it was behind the truck, but mated with the 10 speed transmission, it towed it fine. It was very capable, and it, the fuel economy was what it was. Anything different with the electronics, camera systems, things like that? Not from the, the outgoing years. Ford okay. still lags behind the competition with the towing cameras. They have them. They're there, but they're not. The suite isn't as good as, say, Chevy that has 17 camera views or something ridiculous. Yeah, the Chevy with invisible trailer mode and their cameras, because sort of the leader. Ram's a really close second. There's a couple things that Chevy has that Ram doesn't. Um, Ram's got the best interior. Uh, in addition to the... The towing cameras for the towing, more for the towing tech on the new Super Duty, they've added their uh, pro trailer backup assist to the heavy duties. Oh, yeah, which wasn't available before because it was a recirculating ball system. and the Watch electri- your language. Right. And the electronic <laughs> steering was on, originally on the rack and pinion on the half tons. Okay, so yes, what does this so, do again? So the truck still has the recirculating ball steering, but now they've put an inline electric motor on the steering shaft so that it can take over and steer for you when you're using the Pro Trailer Backup Assist knob. So, so it's now available well, wait on the Wait a minute. They have, okay, so it's got a, the, it's they a, still have the knob down there that you it's can... It's knob on the dash, and yeah. you can steer. Don't touch the wheel. You just work the pedals and do the knob. And let's say if you have it uh, centered, it'll back your trailer up perfectly straight, and it'll compensate for any crown in the road or potholes or ditches as you back your trailer up. And it allows somebody doesn't know how to back up trailer, a very in, intuitive way of if I'm turning left, it's going left. If I'm turning right, the trailer's going right. 
And so that way, somebody who is not a trailering expert mm-hmm. could still back up the trailer into a campsite or up the driveway. Like all whatever. the uh, the boats where the, 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 the guy jumps <laughs> out, right? And he goes, honey, you put it. Oh, this is not going to turn out well for me. I can't say, honey, jump. Because, yeah. But that's what I see all the time. It happens to is like the wife jumps in the, uh, in the truck <laughs> and backs it in and it ends up jackknifed. For 2020, you can even use that for your fifth wheel or gooseneck trailer. It's a really impressive technology. Did it's, they figure out how to uh, make it easier to set up, though? Because the setup on it's sort of a bear. Nope, the setup is still a nightmare. We still need yeah. lots of little <laughs> tape measure, stickers, <laughs> tape measure three friends, yeah. and a half an afternoon. But, yeah, and uh, a lot of beer. Yeah. Well, once you set it up for your trailer, you're good to go for the life of the truck. All right. If you had to rank the truck one to ten, ten being best, where is it on the Jason Gonderman scale? Well, that's a hard question. Are we talking about a Tremor Power Stroke or a 7.3 or okay. a, all of the above? We're talking about a uh, the Tremor. Yeah, Tremor Power Stroke. I want the uh, the 6.7 liter Power Stroke engine. Oh, it's a solid. It's all at 7.5 or 8. I'll give it. I, I, I'm there with yeah. you. I, I think that's about right. Okay. Yeah, it's I think, got some room for improvement, but overall, it's a really fantastic truck. I think a Tremor with the winch, better shocks, and the gas engine, mm-hmm. and a lifetime supply of fuel... Is a nine. <laughs> Lifetime supply of fuel? <laughs> I think it's a nine. Yeah. It's it's that yeah. good. All right. I guess some, some Jason's on the phone. We're talking Ford. I'm going to do a little uh, Ten, countdown. A little, little countdown for you. According to Ranker.com, this is the top 10 Ford trucks of all time. Can you tell me, Holman and Mr. Gonderman, number 10, what is the number 10, the 10th most popular Ford truck of all time. And don't go to the website, Holman. So what era is it from? <laughs> you can tell me like a Ford F-150, whatever. You, is it years? Is it body style? Uh, like it, how? Is, it is not. It is, it is, it is, uh, it's, a, it's the model, not the year. Of the most popular? There's 10 of them? Yes, but they, you know, it's like, up, and it includes right, packages num- as well. Oh, geez. Well, this is stupid. Uh, number 10, Ford Courier. No, number ten, Ford F two fifty, Super Duty, King Ranch. This is a dumb list. All oh, right, yeah, that, there's no way. Yeah, okay, go go with this, number this nine. Number Jason, nine, Jason. Number nine is yours. Number nine. Uh, Did you have a sound effect for number not nine? Not for number. Uh, yeah, I kind of do. Hold on. Nine. <laughs> oh, there we go. Yeah. So number nine, you'll <laughs> right. never get it in a million years. Jason, uh, go. Oh, it's got to be some F one fifty variant then, because ten was ridiculous. Yeah. I'm going uh, Ranchero. Nope. Ford Lobo. <laughs> you know what the Lobo is, right? No, I that's don't. the Mexican F one fifty. In Mexico, is. they call I, it the Lobo. There it is. I get half. I get half credit for that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Eight. Uh, right. The eight is the uh, uh, unibody Ford pickup truck. Jason, what do you think? Oh, I think it's going to be the Harley Davidson F one fifty. Nope. The uh, Ford F four fifty Super Duty. This is dumb. Yeah. Okay, all right, keep going. And number seven. Seven. Yep, number seven. Uh, seven is go- is going to be. Jason already had it. Number seven is the Ford F one fifty Harley Davidson edition. All right, number six. I'm going number with six. Ford High Boy. Jason. Uh, Ranger. Ford F three fifty Super Duty. That, this is the same thing as the last number. number. Five. Ranger. Number five. Ranger. F-250 Super Duty. It was already on the list at number 10. Nope. (laughs) This is the dumbest. Where did you find this piece of crap? Four. Number four. The F-150. F-150. That's right. That's right. The number three. Ford Ranger, number three. (laughs) 
Number two is highly specific. Ooh, F-150 Super Crew. Number two is the Ford F-150 SVT Raptor Hennessy Velociraptor 600 Supercharged. That's not even a Ford. It's a Hennessy. (laughs) Ford F-150. All right. And what's the number one of all time? And... The it's Ford, the Raptor. It's the Lightning. It has, it has to be the Raptor. Yeah, but the Hennessy Whoa. Raptor. Uh. Yeah, because it's less of stupid, so it has to be Raptor. All right, it's Raptor. Number one. Number one, the Ford F-150 SVT Raptor. All right, so Jason wins, but Jason wins only because he can think like a dumbass like you. Jason has this innate ability to take his, his stellar automotive mind and put it in the uh, in the place of a idiot. Mm. What kind of list is this? I don't know. I was trying to find something fun. And this is crap. Stupid. It is a little stupid. It's not a little stupid. It's a a lot stupid. stupid. All right, hey, if you want good truck content, head over to (laughs) trucktrend.com and read a bunch of stuff from Jason. All right, Jason, I got one more question for you, and that is, uh, what is the fourth most popular truck of all time? Nope, nope. (laughs) That is on the uh, Ford Super Duties with the, the seat massager. Thumbs up, thumbs down. Oh, neutral, neutral. Don't hate it, don't love it. I'm thumbs down. What? I'm thumbs down. You're not allowed to be neutral. Feels weird. It it blows up stuff in the wrong spot. Can't be neutral. It it touches your taint and it's weird. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't feel right. It tickles your taint? Well, it's it's just, by the way, they're opening up at Coachella also. Yeah, they are. They are. It's just the fact that. That was a Saturday morning cartoon. So when when Ford says we have massaging seats, you're thinking I've got Shiatsu rollers in the back, right? Like Mm -hmm. that chair at the mall that takes $5 bills and then you for like two minutes. No. What it is is a series of airbags, and all it does is go. Yeah, just just pushes out your cheeks all funny. Yeah, it's, it's weird. That's it. It's weird. Just airbags. You're like, but I don't want one cheek lifted up that high, <laughs> and that's slowly. It's odd. It doesn't do anything for my lower back pain. I rather no. just give me a heated seat, throw some heat on that bad boy, and and start covering some miles. Yeah, nobody needs your your car to touch your butt like that. Tell you what, no zero gravity seats in a Ford. That's right. <laughs> they need a bad. You know what, Ford? You may want to call Nissan. So here's the thing about Ford. I I appreciate that their seats have 48 different ways to adjust them. Yeah, I can. But they're all ne- bad. I can never get comfortable in a Ford. Like I try all these different buttons. Like and it's weird because. Jason gets in a Ford. He's like, yeah, I'm good. Mm-hmm. I'm like, how are you comfortable in that? It's like the bladder moves up six inches. It moves out six inches. The insides come and in. Your outside, bladder moves everything. up six inches. No, I've got, I've got, you should see the size of my bladder. I can go a thousand <laughs> miles without peeing. I give myself kidney disease or something because I hold it in for so long. We ain't stopping. Uh, we ain't stopping until we need, need fuel. That's why a tremor is good for road trips because it forces you to stop and, and go empty your bladder. Empty that uh, super tanker from the old uh, Mini Mart. Super tanker? Yeah, super tanker. Is that, is of 48 Dr. ounce? No, it's like 70, 72, I think. 72 ounces. Jason would know. What's a super tanker? Isn't it like 72? I think it's more than that, even. It's like an 84. Well, it might be 84. <laughs> Hold yeah. on. Super tanker uh, mini. Where? Where are you getting it? Like Mart. at 8 p.m.? Yeah. So let's see. I'm trying to see if You've I can. You've got no business drinking that much soda. No <laughs> kidding, but we do it anyway. So it keeps you. Have uh, you finished a super tanker before? Because the ice melts and it's all watery. No, no, no. You have to know how to uh, how to do your ice right. There's only what do you mean do your ice right? You get you get crushed ice. Yeah. And you do like a half fill, not a full fill. Of course. And then that way it doesn't dilute it, but it still is enough to keep it cold. It's still yeah, it dilutes it. Of course, it's half water at that point. Nah. 
<laughs> what do you mean, bah? <laughs> How dare you? Bah. <laughs> Jason, we're wasting your time. You've got better things to do than talk to us. Yeah, Jason's off uh, to uh, Chicago for the uh, the auto show this week, tomorrow morning. But I've got, I've got the news now since this won't air until after. So we can uh, leave Jason behind and get into what's new in trucks. All right. All right, Jason. We love you. Thanks, buddy. All right. Talk to you guys soon. All right. Bye. I'm not done on this soda thing because I know you can get like a, a 52-ouncer or a 64-ouncer. And somewhere, somebody, I saw at Amazon, they're selling 100-ounce 7-Eleven Big Gulp cups. <laughs> but where do you put it? In your motorhome? What, what, on your passenger seat with a seatbelt and a big crazy straw? Drinking that, dude. That's a lot of soda. That's way too much. I mean, I wouldn't say it was way too much, but it's a lot. <laughs> it's, it's three times more than you need. That's only 10 cans a day. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe nine. What's new in trucks? We need to know. What's new in trucks? We need to know. What's new in trucks? We need to know. Lifted, lowered, and everything in between. What's happening in the world of trucks? Oh! oh, that was clean. I like that one. It was one. all right. It yeah. was okay. Yeah. Oh, you uh, weren't happy with it? I mean, it was, it was okay. It was good. Okay. All Solid. Right. Solid. That was good. It was solid. I didn't think it was our best effort. I had a I had a strong, uh, and yours was um, feathered. Well, was, I went that way. Normally, I'm this way. Yeah. And this time, I went that way. To, yeah, towards the studio. But yours was, uh, it kind of like rolled off. It, I don't think it was, uh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's not what it was. <laughs> I don't, don't think it was ever, uh. <laughs> That's like when you tell me, hey, I've got an idea for the show. And I'm like, ah. <laughs> hey, did you hear? Uh, no, I guess not. <laughs> the uh, Cadillac Escalade f- made its reveal. Oh, yeah? Yeah. At a banjo convention? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. I don't oh, know. I was about ready to get into oh, the character. Oh, no, no, no. Just no, just, I was, I, did I see it? I took a breath. I was yeah, like, I was ready. <laughs> Thank God for my voice that you canceled that thing. Ah, so uh, I just got super giddy all of a sudden. I don't know what happened. eh. (laughs) So the uh, Cadillac Escalade. Yes. Eh. No, no, no. I love me some Escalade. eh. Oh, really? Eh. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's good. Check it out. Um, It's uh, you go to uh, trucktrend.com. It's it's up right now. Um, Pretty cool. Uh, A little bit different than the Tahoe and the Suburban, which is which is nice. Uh, has all the escalating things that you would expect. The interior does it have an be... analog clock? Uh, I don't think so. Oh, didn't many of them have an yeah, analog the, clock? The, but for the a long whole time? the whole dash is screens now. I see. Uh, I see no analog clock on the uh, dash. It looks like the time might be in the lower right hand corner now. The interior looks world class. Looks amazing. Completely different than any of the GM stuff. Obviously, the steering wheel with the green LED strip inside of it at the top. It has Cadillac Super Cruise, uh, which is pretty cool. And uh, it's just, uh, it's pretty badass. And the best thing about it, two engine choices now. The uh, 6.2 liter V8, 420 and 460 pound-feet of torque, or the new 3 liter diesel. That's badass. So 277 horsepower, 460 pound-feet of torque. Uh, This is the first new diesel Cadillac in almost 40 years. Yeah, buddy! Are you a fan? I am. Uh, the design is uh, is a little bit unique. Um, it's got the independent rear suspension like its uh, cousins do. do they but have that l- those long-ass LED taillights? It like does. Okay. It does. It also has standard magnetic ride control dampers, which is pretty cool. Uh, four-corner air suspension. An electronic limited slip differential is optional. Four-wheel drive is available across the lineup. And uh, despite its size, it looks like uh, GM has really tried to make it an agile, easy-to-drive vehicle. 
Uh, on the technology side, I think the design and technology are what really set Escalade apart from the Chevy and GMC uh, cousins, right? Mm-hmm. So the interior is uh, derived from the Cadillac Escala concept, which is a really cool car concept they did a few years ago. Massive curved OLED display, OLED, uh, 36-speaker AKG studio reference audio system. Wait. 36-speaker. By the way, hold on. Wait, we're, you're, not, you're not done having a lightning moment. Hold on. Let me tell you the I'm rest. I'm just processing just that. Stop for a I don't, I'm not aware Pause. of AKG just ever having been involved in, in automotive, automotive audio. For, we're not even through it. Hold on. Listen. Okay. Powered by three amplifiers with 28 channels of audio. What? Which, in theory, GM says produces a sound so near the studio experience, it'll be like you are sitting with the artist while they are recording. 28 individual channels? Yeah. Hey, remember when you could get screens on the back of the passenger seats? Yes. Give me a size. Like, when the screens came out, how big were they? Oh, uh, you were lucky if you got, like, six... How about 12.6 inches? Oh, my God. I mean... what? Your headrest is not that wide. It's certainly not that wide. So these giant iPads are hanging So are the these back. like uh, jet seats? <laughs> uh, you know, like super wide? How about a uh, suede headliner? Uh, okay, that's okay. I can see that. Uh, by the way, the, the aforementioned Super Cruise... I mean, every isn't every Escalade that's ever been to a car show suede headlinered? I don't think so. Not the early ones. Did I just make up a word? Uh, suede headliner? Suede <laughs> phrase. I think it's phrase. Yeah, phrase. Uh, anyway, the uh, Super Cruise, uh, by the way, uses LiDAR, GPS, radar, cameras. Do you know that the last three trucks I've owned have all had suede headliners? I was aware of that, but you put them in, so they sort of doesn't count. Yeah, okay. Yeah, true. So go get Escalade, and then you can have it from the right. back. Uh, but are they going to do Starlight with all the uh, little op- the uh, fiber optic twinkle lights like the Bentleys have? I don't think that's... I'm, who knows? I'm, I haven't seen it yet. Okay. Uh, Jason uh, and Brett have... Uh, have seen it. I have not seen it. Uh, ability to be driven hands-free on more than 200,000 miles of compatible highways with the Super Cruise. Also has an augmented- Wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. Are you going to listen to me? Uh, but wait a minute. But You're it, compatible, compatible highways? Yes. What does that mean? That means that highways that have been mapped and are agreeable to the Super Cruise system. Wait, now you're going to be quiet? Well, I'm just trying to process that. I wasn't aware that there was a, A, a super cruise system, and B, that there was- Okay, Mr. Cadillac. ELR. That's all I have to say. ELR. I love the ELR. I know you do. I love the ELR. I know you do. I wish I could buy one. I know you do. There's still too, too much money Angular for a- Volt. Yes, it is an Angular Coop. Volt. Okay. Also available, augmented reality navigation, which uses live street views with directional overlays to help the driver- Surround vision is standard, uses four cameras to create a two megapixel bird's eye view around the Escalade. So that's as close to high definition as anything that is out on the market. A rear camera mirror is optional, as is By the n- way, night two vision. megapixel is kind of weak sauce. Not in the automotive world, it's not. Mm, okay. For okay. something that's this big? Uh, <laughs> now you're doing it. Uh, uh, uh. All right. Well, how about a rear camera? I mean, even a, even a, a whack ass, like low level Canon. Point and shoot has got 12 megapixels. This is a video, though. It's stitching together the video to give you God's view, uh, and okay. it's super high def. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. How about night vision that uses infrared cameras to detect pedestrians and large animals in the dark? Interesting. Good for spying on people. Uh, wish we knew how much it towed. GM hasn't released any of those details yet. Uh, but overall, it looks like it's probably going to be a heck of a vehicle. 
For a lot of people. As far as the interior accoutrement, uh-huh. this sounds like it's unmatched. I don't even think a Bentley has this or... Well, I'm not a Bentley expert, so you're out of... I'm out of my... Uh, I'm punching out of my weight class. I can tell you that it's going to be spectacular. Uh, I think the Lincoln Navigator has an incredible interior. This looks like it maybe even ups the Navigator, which is... I mean, that's not easy to do. They're so, still going to have the... Uh, what's the long one? The EXT? No. What's what's the extended? The Suburban style. Yeah, the EXT. EXT? Mm-hmm. Okay. Wonder what these are going to go for, do we uh, know? Yes, they will still have the sur- Suburban length. Okay. Uh, no idea. Probably well over $100,000, just like the Lincolns are. <sighs> wow. Well over $100,000. All right. Uh, how about the uh, new Jeep Gladiator? Can you get one of those for us to borrow? Uh, I mean, I probably could. Seriously? Uh, sure. I'd I'd love to roll in uh, luxury for uh, a day. I don't know that I would let you drive it. Hmm. How many are going to turn into like CLS vehicles? You know, like uh, high-end Uber. God, that'd cars. be nice. What, what would that cost? No, but I mean, like, I remember when CLS started. I guess that they have them in all the big metros now. Uh huh. You know, all the studios rent, uh, you know, black cars, and th- it was almost exclusively Escalades. They had dozens and dozens of them just here in LA. I know they had even more in New York. Hmm. How many more? I don't know. I did know one time. Used to, <laughs> CLS was our preferred uh, vendor for uh, Transpo, as we say. Tran- the, as we biz. say in, yeah. the, in the biz? In the biz, is yes. That, is that how you guys uh, say it in the biz? <laughs> All right, so uh, more news coming out of the Chicago Auto Show. Say it ain't so. Technically, we're mm-hmm. breaking an embargo right now. Wow! Embargo. Breaking one. The reason being because the embargoes are over the next two days, mm-hmm. But the show won't be out till after the embargo, so I'm breaking the embargo with you in person. Oh wow! Okay, you I like feel that? privileged. Yeah, yeah I like that. Right, so now you can but, finally but say that. Our listeners are they're hearing it after the fact, right? They're hearing it from us, and it's a okay. Yeah, <laughs> okay. <laughs> we won't have anybody in a cr- with uh, dark suits and so crowbars. What if I tweet this right now? As you, you say, you are effed. Okay, dead. Freaking dead. I, but I said Holman told me. Nope, both dead. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, all right. So uh, Toyota. Mm-hmm. Oh, Toyota news. Uh, how about some new Tacoma news? Really? Yes. There hasn't been new Tacoma news, I think, since the <laughs> Earth's crust cooled. Uh, the 2021, are you ready? Toyota Tacoma. Uh-huh. Wait a minute. Hold on a second. I think I need... A fully, completely electric and totally electric redesigned yeah trim package. Oh my god! <laughs> really? Womp, womp, yeah. womp, womp. I got a real. Do we one have one of those? Yeah. You're not loving the trim package? Just a what? The Trail Special Editions. So uh, Toyota truck buyers who love the great outdoors. Yeah. They can sit atop their segment with their Toyota trucks mm-hmm. and participate in outdoor activities like camping, fishing, and hiking. Mm-hmm. You're, not, you're, not, you're not sold? No. All three 2021 Toyota Trails are based on the SR5 grade to deliver high value. Available in either two- or four, four-wheel drive. Mm-hmm. The Tacoma Trail is built on the SR5 Double Cab. The Tundra Trail is based on the SR5 Crew Max. With the SR5 Upgrade Package, which includes larger fuel tank bucket seats. Power lumbar. 
front you console. Even, you can't even get through it. <laughs> so three front cup holders and anti-theft system. Oh, my God. Say it ain't so. And an engine immobilizer. Wait a minute. Three front cup holders? Ooh, you only yeah. got two people. Well, you know. And where are you going to put your- That's when your little tiny soda is all done. You can say, go to the next one. You got no room you for your mammoth drink. You couldn't find- You couldn't fit a hundred ouncer in there. <laughs> Uh, but this is cool. Available trail color choices include army green, mm-hmm. cement, mm-hmm. midnight black, and super white. But while these are not strictly considered limited edition, volume will be low. Toyota's planning to equip 7,000 Tacomas, 5,000 Tundras, and 4,000 Forerunners as trail editions. And just so I know you're curious, I know this was the next question coming out of your, your mouth. Holman, what? Features do all trail models have? Well, you're in luck, Lightning, because I'm going to feed you the news. Okay, good. All, all right. trails feature black exterior badging. Yeah. Plus black seating with tan stitching. And in all versions, standard all-weather floor liners help catch the outdoor you know, elements someday, that come in on occupants' feet. Holman, someday, uh-huh. that whole uh, midnight edition <laughs> thing is going to catch on. That whole black thing, uh-huh. that's going to happen. You wait and see. From Mark there, my words. Oh, wait. Uh, but oh, wait. wait. That there's was more. about five years ago. But wait, there's more. Mm-hmm. Because from there, each trail model has its own unique set of upgrades. In fact, the 2021 Tacoma Trail features a set of dark gray 18-inch TRD off-road wheels with Kevlar all-terrain tires. The grill from the Tacoma Limited, it adds a t- custom touch, according to the press release. A 115-volt power outlet in the bed adds versatility, and lockable bed storage includes insulation on the driver's side to double as a cooler. Welcome to the new millennium. By the way, the Tundra (laughs) Trail wears the bold chrome grille from the the top-of-the-line Tundra 1794 edition with color-keyed surround plus special edition wheels. Mm -hmm. As on the Tacoma Trail, the lockable bed storage includes insulation on the driver's side to work as a cooler. But wait, Lightning, that's not all. Yeah? The Forerunner Trail comes ready to carry campers into the wood. With dark gray TRD off-road wheels, a Yakima Load Warrior rooftop cargo basket. That's or, cool. That's cool from the yeah. factory, right? Uh, and inside, the Forerunner boasts a custom 40-quart cooler and sliding cargo tray from Toyota. Okay, that's nice. That's cool, right? Yeah. Uh, custom made for Toyota in the U.S., the Forerunner trailer's, uh, trail cooler is quite versatile, has a lockable lid. Okay. <laughs> it a has a lid. freezer-grade gasket to provide airtight seal, keep ice frozen for All right. several days. A tie-down strap and special brackets on the sliding rear cargo tray is safely secure to the cooler while driving. Wouldn't want any safety issues with your cooler sure, back there. Sure, sure, Nobody carries a cooler in the back of their <laughs> SUV. Two heavy-duty latches with integrated bottle openers, two durable ergonomic carry handles, large built-in drain plug with, wait for it, a lanyard. Oh, yeah, buddy. Uh, a flat top allows the cooler to act as a table surface for an outdoor seat. The cooler comes color-keyed with cement or army green exterior forerunner color, so that's cool, right? Yeah. While on super white and midnight black forerunner trails, the cooler is cement. And Why uh, would I want a cement cooler? That adds so, so much, much weight. weight. Yeah. yeah. In case the trail's not your cup of tea because you're an urban guy. <laughs> I'm urban. How about the Nightshade Special Edition? Not Nightshade. Yep. <laughs> nightshade. Yep. Eh, it's just a bunch of black and some stuff. And yeah. yeah whatever. I'm, we're throwing shade on this is what we're doing. <laughs> Dude, seriously. Uh, I think the new Tacoma and Tundra come out next year, so hopefully we'll have some uh, some news. You know what uh, Toyota has? Guys, i seen the suckage meter. You've pinned the needle on this episode. <laughs> it's not our news. No, it's not. All right, so uh, if you head on over to the, uh, the the Jeep booth, you will see the 2020 Jeep Gladiator. Are you ready? Mm, sure. Mojave. Mojave color? Mojave model. Mojave model. 
So Jeep has a new, uh, you know how they have trail rated badges? Now they have desert rated. So they took a Jeep Gladiator and they tuned it up for high speed off-road capability. The uh, Gladiator Mojave is the first Jeep vehicle to earn the brand's newly minted desert racing badge. Mm. Sorry. The Gladiator is the first Jeep vehicle to earn the brand's newly minted desert rated badge. Uh, It has industry-exclusive Fox hydraulic jounce bumpers and and 2.5-inch internal bypass shocks with external reservoirs. So uh, tuned for the sand and and high speed and all that stuff. Any idea how many they've sold so far? Uh, Gladiators? Yeah. I don't know. Is it a success is what I'm asking. Uh, yeah, but I mean, I don't. It's not hundreds of thousands. It's probably like fifty or seventy thousand, something like that. I mean, when you talk to your friends over a Jeep, are they happy? Uh, well, everybody wants to sell more all the time. But I mean, and I they, see them everywhere. But now are out they? Here. Are they? Are they like, hey, we're doing a nice job? Or well, we could do better. I think everybody thinks they could do better. Okay. Yeah, I mean that's a tough segment, right? Mid-sized segment. But yeah. I see them everywhere. They're they're all over the place now. So I, you know, I think I don't know if that's a California thing or. Uh, but I was in Michigan. I was in Nashville recently. Gladiator, 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 all mm-hmm. over the place. So hmm. I don't know. Uh, so anyway, the legendary Jeep 4x4 capability has been evolved to master rugged desert terrain. So big shocks, 33-inch tires. So basically Jeep, uh, which is known for rock crawling, has uh, entered the desert space. Obviously, uh, myself, I've been a Jeep owner. They've always been in the desert space. For a long time, and I have a desert Jeep. That goes fast, though, not rock crawling, right? Sure, okay. And so big suspension. The longer wheelbase has got to be nicer. Yeah, right? and, and instead of a 4-to-1 uh, uh, transfer case, it's the 272-to-1 transfer case. You get heavier-duty uh, Dana 44 front and rear axles, 410 gear ratio, standard electronic rear differential, uh, command track 4x4 system, um, and instead of the aluminum steering knuckles, they're, they're nodular iron on the Mojave. Mm-hmm. So the chassis, suspension bits of all, uh, drivetrain have all been upsized and made more rugged for going fast, which is pretty cool. So I haven't had a chance to drive it yet. I'm sure I'll get a chance uh, later this year, but it looks cool. It has a uh, SRT like hood scoop on it, uh, but no. What if you can get a diesel in that model? Right now, it's just the 3.6 liter Pentastar. But it does have the best class approach angle of 44.7 degrees, departure angle of 25.5, and best in class ground clearance of 11.6 inches. It was really designed to go after the uh, Toyota TRD Pro, the Ranger FX4, the Colorado ZR2. So that would be a heck of a uh, shootout. Two for streets, a magazine down the two down streets the over from me. Yeah, there's a family with four TRD Pro trucks. They love them. It's so weird. I walk my dogs past the house every day, and I go. What's up? What? Your, really? Your dog and you have that conversation? I mean, yeah. I mean, and he's like, <laughs> what's up, dog? And I mean, they're they're super cool looking. I go, how do you guys decide on four of the same vehicle? The mom, the dad, they, and the two kids all have TRD They pros. love it. I mean, I get it. And it's a little tiny house. And it's probably treated them all well. That's just been like their, yeah. that's their jam. Yeah. That's their jam. Uh, but the Gladiator has way more uh, payload, 1,200 pounds. And can tow up to 6,000 pounds, which is pretty cool. Um, and the uh, different wheels and uh, tires, half-inch increase in track width. So it's not just a sticker and badge package. It's 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 well done. The interior is a little bit unique. has orange stitching, some uh, unique seat treatments, things like that. So uh, I'm pretty excited. It's nice to see Jeep sort of uh, kind of break the mold of we're not just going after the rock crawler guys. We're going to do something really badass with really good shocks for the everyday crawler. I'm, I'm digging it. I'd, Good. I'd rock the Gladiator. Would you? Yeah, heck yeah. But you're not going to buy one. Uh, nope. You already placed your order. I did. Right? For your JL? I did. I would buy the Gladiator. Uh, I need to fit it in my garage. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
Hmm. So they drive a lot of different things. It's nice for it to not rot out in the sun when, you know, got other things. But I did also, well, funny you should mention, I did place a Gladiator order this week as well. Oh, for a long-term loaner. That's right. Our four-wheeler pickup truck of the year is the Gladiator. So I, I will have uh, two, actually, with my wife's vehicle, three Jeeps in my driveway uh, this time next year. How long do you get to drive this thing? A year. Can I borrow it? Nope. All right. Next topic. Can you, can you drive stick? Next topic. Of course I can drive stick. Just checking. What's wrong with you? I'm just doing a gut check here on the Truck Show podcast. No? Are you serious? Just Was that a serious sure. question? I'm making sure because maybe all this time I've sat this close to you. I've known you for 20 years and find out you can't drive stick. I'm offended you even asked. <laughs> well, I am offended. Well, then mission accomplished. <laughs> hey, if you roll on over past the uh, Jeep stand to our friends over at Nissan, yeah, uh, we need the uh, drum roll, please. Oh, sure. I've got that. Huge right news. Here. All right. Huge news from Nissan. What if I told you? The 2020 Nissan Frontier is finally getting an upgrade. I would say we've been waiting for this news for a while. Uh huh. <laughs> okay. And what does this news <laughs> consist of? All right, so you might be a little bit disappointed to find out it's not the all new truck yet. Oh. But it's coming. I mean, it's coming. It's coming. Can't tell you anything more than that. It's just it's on its way. But for 2020, Nissan has taken the drivetrain out of the future Frontier mm-hmm. and put it in the current truck. Oh, okay. So replacing the four-cylinder? Yeah. The four-liter V6? Yeah. Both of those uh, drivetrains gone. Replacing it with? A brand new 3.8-liter dual overhead cam, direct-injected V6 with the nine-speed transmission out of the Titan. Oh, with best-in-class horsepower, standard, 310 horsepower, 260 pound-feet of torque, standard. Okay. That gets better fuel economy than the current four-cylinder. Hot damn. In the old truck for now, but that's a preview in the new truck. I can tell you a little bit. Will it come with a five-year, 100,000-mile warranty? I don't know. They have have not announced that. You guys better do that. Uh, I will tell you. I don't know if I can tell you this, but I'm going to do it anyway. I'm going (laughs) to risk life and limb by letting our listeners know that that engine sounds really damn sweet. You're not risking anything by telling us it sounds good. I might be. Nobody else has heard it. I've heard it. How long? Oh, wait, wait. Did you hear it when you were back east? Nope. Can't talk about that, Lightning. So, uh... That's it for uh, this edition of What's New in Trucks. Yeah. Hey, before you jump into these reviews, I really want to thank you guys for uh, leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. I'd love to have you do it on Spotify and Pandora and iHeart and Radio.com and all the other places, but you can't. You have to do it on Apple Podcasts. That's the one that means the most. And we've said it before, and it sounds sappy, and I won't belabor it, but we do spend a lot of time working on this show, so it means a lot that you would take your precious time and leave a review so other people see it and hopefully they will subscribe and they'll tell their friends and I think the reviews mean a lot to Holman and I. So in advance of this segment, thank you. Well, what we did was we had 699. I did a screenshot, threw it up on our social site. Who's going to be 700? And like 20 people showed up within a couple hours and we really appreciate it. So uh, we're not going to read them all because we'll, we'll, we'll read some of the other ones in the future show. So if we don't mention you, it's not that we don't love you. It's just, I don't, you know. We do love you. We do love you, but it's we don't want another three-hour show tonight. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right, we have one from uh, either the Redden or their DN. I like their DN. <laughs> okay. Their DN sounds like uh, 
like a, a superhero. I am Thardian. <laughs> okay, he says Here uh, to save the star cluster. Good show. <laughs> he says recent show you guys talked about asking for reviews and subscriptions toward the beginning of the show. Please don't do that. Everyone else does that, and I hate it. Please keep at least halfway through. Good chat, amusing, informative. Helps work go by faster. I've always liked trucks, but like one of you, does not yet have one. Cheers and keep up the good work. And <laughs> five, five stars. stars. I do have one. I it's just I don't have the pink slip. More yet. to follow. Yeah, more to follow. That's a tough one. All right, uh, we got one from Max S seven thirty seven. Stay in the know with some laughs too. Great way to stay up to speed on all things truck and industry. And five, five stars. stars. All right, we got one from our friend Jake Danelli. If you remember him, he's uh. The 17-year-old kid who built the Black Rifle F-150 in Ford's booth at SEMA this year. Yes. Attitude performance Gorgeous. out of uh, oh. out of uh, the Chicago area. Yep. And he says, great show, a great entertaining and informative show about the truck and Jeep industry and five, five stars. stars. And we've got one from uh, Goodies Lily. Uh, says, best truck-themed podcast around, fantastic audio quality thanks to Lightning mixed with great insider knowledge from Holman. Hey, that's the first time a listener said something nice about both of us in a long time. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Have been a listener since... Usually they smack me around and they or congratulate me. Yeah, you. Yeah, or, yeah. or hate me and you. And yeah. Yeah, Anyway. Have been a listener since the beginning and have had the pleasure of meeting both at SEMA. Congrats on 700, guys. And... Five stars. stars! All right, we got one here. Do you think that they know we're high-fiving every time? I hope so. Okay. Uh, we got one from uh, <laughs> MW Montano. Uh, five stars is how he spelled it. Oh, so like this? Five star review! Five stars! It says, awesome show, highly recommended, and five, five stars. stars! All right, we've got one from- You're not even- You're making me reach all the way across the table. I'm, I'm like <laughs> I'm like straight-arming it, and you're like <laughs> retracted like you have like little- Tyrannosaurus Rex limbs. <laughs> come come, come fight no, me. I dare you. All right. Uh, Dang Justin says, what else can be said? This is hands down the greatest podcast out there. Oh, if you're wow. looking for just two friends chatting it up about everything from trucks to mountaining parameters to mini coopers. Sort of. This is the one. It's fun, entertaining, and more informative than any other automotive podcast. The jingles, guests, interviews, and show coverage are top quality and easy to listen to. It's personal, and you almost feel like you know the guys when listening. This should be on the top of everybody's list. And even if you're not a truck person, it's a great start your Monday morning. Keep it up. Five stars. I often wonder, Holman, if you weren't a truck person. I mean, my mom listens to the show, and I go, "How do you my, even get my, through it?" My it's mom so, listens to it too. It's like so dense. We have some ladies in the office uh, who have told me, "Hey, I'm not a truck person, but I love listening to the show." Huh? It was kind of cool. And then we had that one. Don't listener. you think it would be tough to get through if you didn't care about trucks? I don't, I don't know. Maybe we're not giving ourselves enough credit. Well, I mean, listen, Andrew Stoffer, right? Yeah. Really fascinating yeah. guy. But if I don't. I don't care about injectors. Is that tough to get through? I don't. You just pass. I don't you know. Just forward through that, maybe. I or maybe so. you just are waiting for the funny banter, or maybe you're bored and you <laughs> need white noise to sleep or something. I don't know. I don't want to be considered white noise. Uh, uh, and, and Justin adds, "P.S. Lighting Hallett boats for life. Live the legend." Yeah. <laughs> so you know he, gave it, he did that just for you. Yep. Love me some Hallett, man. I wish wine wasn't sitting in a dry dock. <laughs> just like your truck. It's not even a dry dock. It's like a storage unit on the west side of London. Does Long it even Beach. have an engine in it anymore? Yes, it does. It has. Would it run if I told you? We're going it out. It has two 454s. It doesn't matter, but do they run? No. Oh. Not even close. If I said, we're going out Saturday, yeah. would that boat be ready? You're joking, right? No. It has no interior, and both well, engines are seized. A, you don't need to have an interior. What happened to the interior? Why are your engines seized? 
I thought I told you this story. I've never heard this story. Really? I didn't even know you still had a boat. Oh, yeah. It's a 37-foot hallet. What thing the hell's was, wrong thing with you? The thing was almost $300,000 new. Well, why is it rotting away in a UV-damaging storage yard? Uh, okay, so my buddy bought it. Um, it was a it was a um, a Catalina race boat. The guy would yeah. take it from Huntington yeah. Beach. Had it built custom yeah. by a company called Speedline. Okay, all right. It was a father twin and hole son. or single? Uh, what do you mean? Like a cat or no 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 DV? Okay, DV. A DV. Yeah, yeah yeah yeah. Inseam so it's all water, blue water boat. Yeah exactly. Okay, thirty seven foot. And uh, these guys got it. It's a, it's an eighty six, right? Nineteen eighty six. If you know anything about Hallett boats, yeah, they they still look the same. Yeah, today, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, right? the, 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 the boats classic. they're badass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, I mean, they're built like it's like if you could get a Chris Craft today that looked like the original, you would do it. Right, like, Hallett's it, like that classic of that era, and they're just badass anyway. Yeah, exactly. Good design. So I guess what happened with this boat is it was um, the hull was a Hallett, and these guys uh, put it together. They bought the hulls from Hallett. So it's like the father and son team were rigging it, and this was like the third boat that they had done under that moniker. So it wasn't going to be sold as a Hallett. Okay. okay. And the only reason I know this is I did the history on this okay. boat because this boat is really unique. How did you find it? How did it come into your possession? Uh, well, I got a flash for it. These, uh, so these, Drug these, deal at the radio station? Or? No, it was weird. I, I, but I want to I get to that. All right. So these guys, um, they, they built this boat for this dude who was a really successful construction guy, general contractor in Southern California. He bought it for whatever. He spec'd it all out. And um, right before this boat was done, they the father and son team died in a car crash on the way to oh Parker. Oh, my God. Yeah. So the boat wasn't completed for this guy. Oh, my okay. God. So the guy had to go back to Hallett, and Hallett had to finish this boat. So oh. it was part part Hallett, part Speedline, speed, yeah. whatever, okay, Speedlights, yeah. whatever they, they were okay. calling themselves. And so they finished this boat, and, and the guy ended up having it for a bunch of years, and then uh, sold it. My my best friend Brad uh, bought it. Wait, uh, I thought I was your best friend. You are. You're. Well, he's not really my best friend anymore. <laughs> but so, my buddy Brad and his friend. I feel like you just blew past the headline on that I, one. I may have. Yes. <laughs> All right. Stay on the boat topic. Uh, Brad and his buddy went and have these on it, and they All bought right. it. And they found it, and it still had numbers on the side. It had like two fifty six yeah. or whatever. It was. Okay. it was a full on race boat, and it had in different configurations. It was it was uh, blown four fifty fours. They had twin turbos mm-hmm. on each engine, Whipples? like all these different. I don't know because they weren't on it when I got oh, it. Oh, they oh. were just naturally aspirated when okay. I got it, <clears throat> which is plenty fast. I'm it, sure. Oh, oh yeah. So um, they had the the teak floor redone, wow. and they had it all all new gauges, everything, all velour seats. It was just beautiful. So my buddies had it. They kind of brought it back to life. They spent a bunch of money on okay. it. We took it to Havasu a bunch of times. On the last trip to Havasu, it was the last time of the summer. On the way back, my buddy runs a staging company. They do like Rolling Stones and Lincoln Park okay, and all yeah, these big yeah, bands. Yeah, yeah. They uh, huge have, and they keep all of their staging out kind of by where Banks is. Okay, out off the two ten freeway, yep. where, so in a the, warehouse or whatever. And on the way back, yep. they were changing docks. They lived in Redondo Beach, and normally they kept this boat on one of those floaty things yeah, above yeah, the water, yeah, yeah. Right? those pontoon type yep. deals. They were changing docks. So he goes, you know what? For a, I'm gonna, for a, until we get a new um, a new space. I'm going to leave it at our yard where we keep all of our staging. He, uh, they, we, we leave it there. And I check in with them the next summer and I go, hey, are we going to go out on the boat again? He goes, well, let's, is it down on the water? He goes, no, I left it. I never picked it up. It's out there at this yard. I go, oh, so we drive out to go get the boat. Okay. It's full of water. Uh. It has a foot and a half of standing water. In the hull, just uh, all on the top car- of the new teak and everything. All the carpet uh. is floating. 
The teak is completely bowed. Oh. Everything is mangled. Dude. All brand new in, you know, uh, interior. It's all destroyed. Yeah. It had rained and just sat. It just sat. And what happened, there, there when, was, was it cover. When they parked it, was it nice? It was beautiful oh, when we parked it. God. And there was a cover on it, but the card- cover had blown off or Blown something. off and ripped and whatever, and the rain never went yeah. out of it. So, How long did it sit like that for? Was it a like year? a week? Oh, a year. A year. Oh, God. I'm thinking maybe a week or no, so. Oh, no, it's a year. Okay. For whatever reason, they just lost track of it. I don't know what happened. Yeah. I think the, the guys had some issues. Or whatever, whatever happened. Yeah. So I went to my buddy Brad and I go, listen, I'm going to rehab this boat. If you give me the boat, because he had no inclination, no interest At in rehabbing At that point, he, boat. He, was, he was out. He was out. He's like, I'm tapped out. He had no interest in... His other buddy that he went houses on it with, he didn't have the money to to rehab it. So it was just going to sit there. So I said, I called up my buddy at Powerboat Magazine. And I said, there's a really interesting story behind this boat. Like this is a one-off boat. It is because the guys at Hallett even knew the story. They were like, man, we'll help you. This is really cool. All right. So I got my editor buddy at Powerboat Magazine involved and we were going to rehab this boat. And Brad only cared about it. He goes, you can have the boat. I'm going to give you ownership of the boat and all you have to do is once a month whenever i call you have to take me out on the boat with my girlfriends <laughs> okay because he's habitually like a good single. deal and i'm like bitching you all day long yeah, that's an excuse to get on the ocean and with you it, pay right? for gas i don't even care i'll pay for the gas right. you know what i mean so um he gives me the boat and i had was having some marital issues and i had to not keep the boat Oh. So I signed the boat over to my buddy that gave me the pink, pink slipless truck. So oh, the plot thickens. The plot thickens. <laughs> so we we were going. Oh, then by the way, when I had my uh, first wife marital issues, I had um, a motorcycle and a fifty-one Willie CJ3A issues that came with it. Yeah, and so left with it. I had to get rid of a bunch of stuff. I wanted them to not just disappear. So I just called friends and said, "You can have this." Just make me a deal when I need it back, right? Yeah, okay. So my, I had a van with a Duramax. I had all this cool stuff. Oh, uh, I just once had to... the fuel stolen by a drill bit in the gas tank. You remember that story? I do remember yes. that story. Okay, so anyway, all my stuff goes sideways. And uh, my buddy parks it in the, in the lot. We were going to redo it. And in the meantime, Powerboat Magazine goes out of business. Ugh. So now I have no story to write and right. no place to put this right. story. And Nobody's writing about boats. It's not going right. to go in the DuPont registry. Right. It wouldn't and make now sense. It's... So now all my contacts of getting hookups on yeah, engine done. work and new gauges and new Everything, rigging, and it's yeah. all evaporating. And it's sitting on the west side of Long Beach in a storage yard with a bunch of Peterbilts where guys keep their trucks overnight. Yeah. And, and it's just idle and there. dust soot or uh, diesel soot and dirt. I was and... there- about six months ago. And what did the boat look like? The hull is like the day I got the boat. It is absolutely flawless. I will say this. We did paint it. It had some 80s Miami Vice style graphics yeah, it on did. it. Some Coming bl- back in some, style now. Yeah, some long stripes on it. And that's gone. It's all white and because we painted it. But it's literally that boat. I think 20 years from now, it'll still look just as good. Hmm. The interior is completely ripped out. We I was going to say, it, it probably won't look just as good. It probably look just like it does today. Yeah. <laughs> oh, right, yeah. And so right. I, do, I do have hopes, and I've spoken to a couple of guys uh-huh. um, who are experts in rehabbing boats, and they go, if you did this boat, it's going to take you around 80 to 100 grand, yeah. but all said and done, it's still a 250 boat. Yeah. yeah. 
Well, I mean, that seems like it ended on a happier note. Could could we read one more review and get out of the show? Because I I don't. There's been death. There's been boats. There's been abandoned vehicles. There's been yeah. new vehicles. Like this show covered the gamut. Although I feel like we haven't done any food yet. Anyway, uh, XL Dodge says five star review. Five stars. Five star review. Five stars. And he says crawled out from the rock I was living under and found TSP back in September. Binged every episode from the beginning. Wow. Today is the first day of listening to an episode the day it was posted. Can't wait to hear more. Love the content, the banter, and the jiggles, and five stars. stars. And on that note, let's end this thing. Whoosh. Man, that was a <laughs> long one. That wasn't as long as the last one, but the storytelling in this one, much better. Yeah. The Truck Show, The Truck Show, The Truck Show, oh, oh. Hey, why don't you get in uh, in touch with us? Truckshowpodcast at gmail.com. <laughs> Were you unsure of yourself? I was unsure. Yeah, I stumbled. Uh, how about uh, give us a phone call? 657-205-6105 and enjoy. Uh, Wait, is that the five-star hotline? It is the five-star hotline. We did not play any five-star hotline calls this show. We've got a few. We've got a few. Maybe next show. If you've got a question, you just want to BS with us, 657-205-6105. Or if you go to Truck Show Podcast on Instagram, there's a call button on our, uh, what's it called? Our Profile? Profile, that's it, <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, and uh, you can also hit us on that Instagram. We are nothing if not professional. Well, total professional, absolutely, at Truck Show Podcast on the socials, Instagram. Facebook yep. and not Twitter. Nope, not Twitter. At Trek Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, hey, Mark, March 7th and 8th on your calendars for the Four Wheeler Adventure Expo, where allegedly the Truck Show Podcast will be making an appearance, recording a show, handing out t shirts from what I hear. It's not allegedly, it's actually. Are we doing happen. it? Yeah, we're going to do All it. All right, so uh, meet Lightning and I in person. We will take copious amounts of selfies with you. I have actually, I'm reserving a room down there. Um, okay. Because bring back uh, listeners? Well, no. If you're not from the Orange County area, you wouldn't know that inside the Orange County Fairgrounds, which is, is barn. where this is. Yeah, it is a barn. And the amphitheater. Okay, so that's not what I'm talking about. And roadways. They sell huge beers. They do sell huge, huge beers Huge beers. And, and we're going to have a beer garden. It's going to be open for our show. So I'm planning on having a few. Too many? uh, Not a few too many, (laughs) but I'm going to have a few with our listeners. So if you come down and hang with us, we're going to chill there. Uh, If we shut the place down, we'll go over to Goat Hill Tavern. Uh, I live close enough where I can Uber home, so uh, I think I'm going to be in on that I don't, so I'm just going to get a crappy motel down the street on Harbor Boulevard or something. Oh, don't do it on Harbor. Oh, really? Yeah. No, no, no. You got to go more toward Bristol. That's uh, that's the safer neighborhood. Oh, really? No, I like it. I like the seedy. See, yeah, I, I can see that about you. I can see the about that about you. <laughs> if you did not want to get a CD hotel, mm-hmm. you could uh, bring your adventure vehicle and camp on site. Ooh, do you have an adventure vehicle where I can camp on site? Uh, no, I sold it today. I do know you did. That's right, bad timing. <laughs> oh, man. But hey, there's going to be off-road, outdoor, active lifestyle, adventure expert uh, presenter series. There'll be the Icon Adventure Theater presenting adventure and off-road film series during the weekend. Camping, off-road, outdoor, and active lifestyle gear vendors, adventure rigs, motorcycle show. <laughs> Banks <Well>, Power. <laughs> oh, is Banks Power going to be there? Yeah, I just you, bought you, a booth. Thanks for doing that and not <laughs> supporting your own damn show. We're uh, talking about I'm going to be there with you. No, I mean advertising on the show with Banks. Oh, yeah. Well, that's too weird. I can't do that. <laughs> yeah. We've had that conversation off the air a bunch of times. And I, I feel like that. you could do it, just no. not take your cut from it. No, I don't know. It's just weird. You're weird. I can't do that. Uh, rock we are going to have a booth down there if you want to see our <laughs> patented Ram Air Div cover. Uh, live music, demos, mm-hmm. celebrity meet and greets. 
Are we the celebrities? Uh, I think the Dirt Every Day guys are going to be there. That's so true. That's probably uh, what's yes. going on there. And then uh, also the Craft Beer Garden. Uh, check it out. You want to go to fourwheeler.com and get all that information. And, now, let uh, me ask you this. Yes. Will we have our loner Nissan Titan in time to take it to the uh, event? I actually think we will. <gasps> I, th- I actually think our loan will overlap with Four Wheeler Adventure Expo. Okay. So, Perfect. Uh, yeah. So we'll, Can we we'll... give rides to our listeners in the Nissan. That uh, seems like a lot of work. <laughs> Is it too much work? <laughs> it might be too much okay, work. a little uh, too complex. Hey, did you know you can get Truck Show Podcast coffee mugs? You can. Store.motortrend.com. Just search for Truck Show Podcast. Can you get uh, cufflinks? Truck, mm. show, uh, Truck Show Podcast cufflinks. Nope, but you can get a uh, water bottle. <laughs> can you get a Truck Show Podcast tie? Nope, you get a t-shirt. Can you get a Truck Show Podcast studded leather belt? Nope, but you get a hoodie. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> can you get a Truck Show Podcast temporary tattoo? Nope, but you can get a Truck Show Podcast discount. What would we give someone who got a Truck Show Podcast real tattoo? Uh, sticker? <laughs> sticker. I know. Free subscription to the Truck Show Podcast for life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I don't think they'd be impressed by that. Oh, um, we would. How about if they uh, we landed our faces to their tattoo artist? And they could be our faces on either side of the Truck Show Podcast logo. There's no not enough real estate on anyone's body. <laughs> on their butt. <laughs> Reach a cheek. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's uh, bad. You know what's bad about this ending? Yeah. Is that we have to go into our sponsors oh, now. Oh, no. I'm sorry, Nissan. That's awful. <laughs> oh, five-year, 100,000-mile warranty. Check out the 2020 Titan and Titan XT at your dealership right Freaking now. You can go on NissanUSA.com and, and just spec it out. Spec it out. Yeah. Oh, I was uh, the uh, the black one. That one's looking super sick. I've already built it. It's uh, right here on my laptop. I like Baja Storm. Do you really? Yeah. That's, that's a good that, color. That's a great color in person. Yeah. Uh, can't forget our friends over at Deck. They do awesome cargo storage solutions, sliding drawers, 2,000 pounds of payload in the back of your uh, van or mm-hmm. truck. And that means you and I can both snuggle on top of the deck system as we while sleep. While we're camping. At camping at uh, the oh, Orange County Fairgrounds no, we for do? this event. We bring the truck trend van. Which is the big Nissan NV? Yeah, that has a deck system in it. Okay, and it's a tall roof, oh. so we can just bring like a. a can we shower in there? Nope, but we can bring <laughs> like a cooler. Okay, and some uh, snacks. It's cooler and snacks. <laughs> yeah, and we'll just live out of that for the weekend. <laughs> That's not. Uh, that doesn't sound fun. No, I think we know. Just hang at the beer garden. Uh, you know what? The two of us doing that would probably cause a check engine light, <laughs> of which you would be able to clear from our friends at Innova. Innova. Yes. Yeah. Dot com and uh, check out their new OBD two scanning and diagnostic tools. Now, which their... one though? Because they've got nine to choose from. How, or, yeah. how much money do you have to spend? Um. Well. Yes, they'll meet that price point too. <laughs> okay, well, I'm thinking I'm more of like the dongle, so I would use that one and I would sync it. Uh, I would I would pull it up on my iPhone. But if I were if I were buying one for like uh, for work, yeah, I would mm, probably a three hundred dollar range. Okay, they have a lot to choose from. Is <laughs> they what do I'm have. Well, just go to Nova.com. Okay, uh, episode one hundred eight. Uh, I think I I have the slogan for this one. Dude, that was painful. That's not it. Oh, oh. No, the slogan is... Is, uh... This place blows. Uh, that could be the slogan, but that's not it. Uh... It could be... We are deeply sorry. Also true, but also yeah. not it. Oh, what is the slogan? Episode 108. Not as bad as our other ones. <laughs> <laughs> Lower! 